0: welcome back to the fake podcast episode 341 raise our glasses raise our raise a toast our margaritas if you will to jimmy buffett we'll talk about some of that later but we're here to talk about some strike stuff not talk about any movie stuff sorry still striking sorry y'all pay your writers and then we'll talk about that stuff but until then we got some great stuff to talk about i'm gonna talk about a lot of video game stuff because i haven't talked about anything the last six months of my life so, I'm excited to talk about that. But before we do any of that, I'm joined with my best buds in the world on this beautiful Sunday morning. Morning, it's 11. It, somebody just woke up, probably. We got Sparks Witty. <laughs> yeah, it's Ben. <laughs> <laughs> we got the, the recently arisen Ben Magnet.
1: You know what? It actually is true. Nine times out of 10, when someone says somebody just woke up, it's me. It's, it's you, always yeah. me. It, it, it and then, is.
0: Mr. I wake up early all the time, BT McClure, Brandon McClure. <laughs> but you're not BT, it's not your nickname.
2: It's 11 o'clock somewhere.
0: It's eleven o'clock somewhere. That's very true. BLT McClure.
2: Mm. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I have a, I have a, I have a, a in Ben's terminology, wake juice. Um juice. Because I, uh, I, I, the pumpkin I spice latte. It's orange. No, it's um, it's an orange cream ghost energy drink. Orange cream. Did you, did you yeah. get a
0: lot of sleep last night? I mean, I never get a lot of sleep. <laughs> okay, so like, we're all running on fumes. No, nice. I. <laughs> if I ever have a consistent night of sleep in my life, then uh, uh, I will believe in the Lord.
2: <laughs> Until then. Sorry Sundays. Uh, yeah. I, I recently started a new job. And so uh, uh, I, I'll just say I work at universal studios. Uh, and so we, um uh, my shifts are 7. PM to 2. AM uh, yeah. because of Halloween horror nights. And, and uh, I got home about two uh, last night, I guess, and yeah. uh, stayed up for about an hour and a half and then went to bed and Woke up four hours later, so. Hey, that's that's Here the bummer,
0: because, like, if you have a schedule, like, like you, Brandon, you wake up early, so no matter what, you're going to wake up early, and that's a bummer if you get home late. <laughs> um, yeah, That's one of the, the side effects of being an early person. I yeah. remember
3: when I worked at Not Scary Farm.
2: Yeah. yeah. That
3: was I'm, a long time
0: I'm so ago. Glad. I'm so glad I, I working in the restaurant industry, most of my 20s, I was closing and I wouldn't get home till late, especially working in a restaurant where the bars were open until 1 in the morning, so I get home at 2, so, like, I'm thankful I don't have to do that anymore. I'm sorry you have to do it, Brandon, but, like, that seems kind of cool. Like, I know you're not I, the biggest horror person, but like, I think that seems pretty cool.
2: Honestly, I am, it's only the first week, but I actually like it. I'm, I'm yeah. really, I'm, it's a, it's, it's a pretty chill job The where I'm at. um, You know, I'm not at a maze or anything and, um, and, and I've only, and this week I only worked three days, but um, yeah, I, you know, the depression hasn't set in yet. So we'll see. That's, they, that,
0: that's when, you know, if that first week it happens, that means you got to that's yes, exactly. Oh, that's, good. that's good. Ryan in four hours at one job. Like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, no. yeah. oh yeah. I do you guys know this. I worked at a place for like four hours and I was like, this isn't gonna happen. Gonna happen. Yeah. So I start a new job tomorrow. That's <laughs> they incredible. were basically
3: like, yeah, at this point in the day, we just kinda hang around and sit with our
0: thoughts yeah, like, oh, yeah. There's oh, like no. four four orders in four hours. So I was standing around doing nothing and I'm like, I can't do this. This is I gotta be active. Like being on a podcast talking with my homies.
2: Yes, uh, speaking of, we actually – so, guys, it's been two weeks since since the last time we did a podcast, and so, as always, we've got a lot of links to discuss real quickly. Um, But we are going to be talking about the strikes in a lot of detail because there's a lot lot of – there weren't really necessarily big updates that happened as far as the strikes. A lot of little updates that happened in regards to the strikes. But one, two things that happened, I want to, I want to point you guys to the links in the description. Um, obviously, donation links and proposal links; those are all in the description below. But two new links were added for this week, um, which is uh, SAG-AFTRA released a a detailed uh, description of what these interim agreements are. Uh, we've been talking about them for a bit but, uh, with with um, A24 and Neon, and we'll talk about it today with AMC Networks that SAG has been uh, giving people interim agreements for actors to work on these projects. And so what that means uh, for SAG is in the description. We'll discuss uh, them a little later in the episode. Um, As well as The RAP released a round table of writers talking about um, uh, mini rooms, the dangers of mini rooms, which we've talked about that uh, part of the WGA proposals are... Uh, to try and get rid of the uh, the concept of a mini room, which is a very um, predatory practice that streamers have started, um, and, and so so that roundtable is linked below as well for people who want to check out kind of more qualified than us, the writers, the people who are actually in the industry talking about it. It's it's a really interesting interview. I recommend it. Um, but. We have quite a few links. Uh, this is the first time in a while that Ben has not dominated the description because Dean Dark is off for a few weeks, so it is not in the description. Only uh, by um... circumstance. <laughs> and, um, But I have uh, an announcement in regards to one of the links, which is my CBR articles. Um, this week, and this is the final week, that I will be putting my author profile for CBR in the description below. If you guys happen to have missed a list that you're interested in um you can check it out but i've left cbr officially uh, as of this week um and the reasons hmm, i won't talk about on the show i'll tell you guys individually but uh yes i've i've i have left cbr um uh ultimately like it was a nice place to work for freelance people the editors were really nice it was really welcoming um but uh you know i'll just say valnet as a company Mm. which is the company that owns cbr screen rant collider and so and so and so and so oh you Um, mean the
3: one that um the official cbr twitter account tweeted directly about for about 30 minutes and i caught it uh oh yeah
2: that one uh valnet as a company is not a company that uh my ethics align with so i decided to Leave.
0: there's been some uh uh some other people who now no longer work at cbr who had considerably worse uh experiences than you and they've been coming mm-hmm. up about it and i'm like it's about where this keeps happening at every one of these places yeah
2: yeah, so yeah. those people like they work like i was freelance for cbr yeah, yeah. so like i only they really talked to yeah, yeah. they were these guys were employees of Alnet, and that was that's a much much worse environment for them yeah that's
3: um it. pop but yeah pop, pop like, journalism is not headed in a good direction
1: no mm-hmm
2: uh, speaking of though, we have a uh, quite a few uh, 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 links. Oh, I'll just I'll sorry. Um, I have another link in the description, which is my Atomic Geekdom article about the Energon universe, which is something we've talked about before on the show. Which is Skybound's new Transformers, Voyables, GI Joe universe that they are doing. Is that just officially?
0: Kinda... Is it officially called the Energon universe?
2: Yes. Okay. Um So I I, I basically just kind of give the lowdown on what that universe is and. Why it's significant, you know we talk again it's it, probably not anything you haven't heard me say on the show before, like when we were talking about it a few weeks ago, which is um you know it's 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 interesting that Skybound, who is a creator owned company, is dealing with licensed comics with a creator owned comic book, yeah, uh which is so strange um so you know I just get into some some of that logistical stuff and I, I really enjoyed writing it,
1: nice.
2: Um, I will continue to write for Atomic Geekdom and Kindle Rama <laughs> Media because I like them. Um,
1: yeah.
2: <laughs> anyway, um, so let's talk about some of this show. Uh, Mortal Kombat 11, Basement Arcade, has begun. Two links are in the description below. Check them out.
0: We're here. Is- it's finally here. Mortal Kombat comes out next week. I'm I'm salivating. Yeah. this is like the craziest year for video games I'm like like truly this is the best year for video games because right now I am playing at the same time two multiple 100 hour RPGs that are considered game of the year already and there's still three months left in a year with like a new yeah. game every two weeks and i like, Jesus Christ.
3: I'm so- Tears of the Kingdom is still sitting there waiting to be finished. Final Fantasy
0: XVI is right there. More Mortal Kombat's <laughs> about to drop and then Spider-Man 2 is just around See, the corner. Mortal Kombat, that's like, yo, that's a 68-hour campaign. I don't have to worry about two multiple 100-hour playthroughs like an RPG. So that one's a little easier to digest. But it's just all about how how wonderful
3: the games are. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
2: Uh, but yeah, so and so to honor Mortal Kombat One, we have uh, decided we we put we we played through the uh, first part of the campaign of Mortal Kombat Eleven. Um, and we will record the second part soon, but it won't matter to you guys because there probably won't be a break. Um, but yeah, so the first parts, uh, which cover the first four chapters, are in the description below, uh, which was a lot of fun. I really loved playing that game with you guys. Obviously, I always love pl- I love playing the Mortal Kombat games with you guys. The story of the of eleven is insane, and I'm so into it. Um, Time travel, baby. Oh, I can't talk about it. There's a movie I watched that had a lot of connections to Mortal Kombat eleven, which is interesting. Nice. Um, uh, hey, Grayson live hey. in the chat. Hello, sir. Grayson, live. Uh, great to catch you guys. Good morning. Good Did
1: morning, you also sir. just wake up? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> no. Knowing his work schedule, he probably did, but he's also getting ready because we have... Because uh, D- I will say this. I'm not going to say exactly... Like, I told Sparks and Ryan what it was yesterday, but yeah. since Just we're here live... Yeah, I'm going to tease it. Uh, myself and the rest of the D and Dark Crew today we're recording a little Halloween special with certain beloved characters in the game of Call of Cthulhu. I'm not going to say who I'm the characters right. are, but I'm they're so well-known, well-beloved, and Sparks specifically is probably going to love that episode when it finally comes out. I mean, I'm going to scold you if you don't know your shit,
3: because <laughs> you don't have an excuse. It's
0: true. It's so true. You took too long.
2: <laughs> I'm so curious. It's in, what your this house, is. Then.
3: it's in your house. I know.
2: I know. It's interesting being out of the loop with my friends. Um, yeah. Let's see. Uh, that's exciting. Oh, I wanted to tell you, sorry, my brain's a little, my brain's resetting today. Um, i uh one of the mazes at uh universal halloween horror nights is um a monsters on unma- a universal monsters unmasked maze which mm-hmm. has frankenstein wolfman Phantom of the opera uh hunchback of notre dame um and like horror like like gruesomely horror versions of them it's a cool maze i thought you you and you d and it, dark crew might like them. is
0: it the same one oh, i don't know if you went with us brandon because they, they a couple of years ago when we went they had that but I don't know if like the phantom was involved or anything so I wonder if it's like an updated version of the old one or it's a brand new one but I I love that the bride the bride was the coolest like bride version I've ever seen she was so gross oh yeah,
1: yeah. she was actually uh, Ryan I do remember they did have a phantom I remember because when okay. uh, we go into the phantom room I actually started sing 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 my sing my angel of music and the, <laughs> and, and the actor who was playing the phantom was like he's he heard me he saw me he was like oh this guy, yeah, he gets it. That's, That's awesome. I love that.
2: That was an incredibly funny bit where Ben went falsetto, cough, <laughs> and then his balls dropped. Um,
1: <laughs> Live on. Him.
2: Uh,
1: I wasn't. I, I can't go that high. Okay, you guys know that.
2: Um, but Ben, the basement arcade uh, fun does not end there because uh there's a basement arcade pause menu that is out right now. Were you taught yeah. art? The art of Nintendo Power, yes.
1: Yes. So the episode um, that just came out is me talking to the essentially the curator and creator of the traveling art exhibit, the art of Nintendo Power. Um, what that is is like if you go to video game conventions around the country, he also travels with a bunch of pieces, original art pieces that were put in the Nintendo Power magazine, and he puts them on display for people to to um, to see, and it's and it was a really great conversation not just about um the magazine nintendo power itself because we all know that's like the most famous video game magazine ever created i
0: loved that when i was younger Mm -hmm.
1: and but also it was like a great piece of like hey this is like some really big um this is actually a really good thing to preserve because the art that was made for the magazine not a lot of people like not a lot of people say it's like oh yeah we have to preserve it or we do we should preserve it but this these are some like one of a kind pieces like the he They're has all like, like the
0: for clay it's like everything's in yeah. the clay it's like crazy. some
1: of them the early uh, the early covers they were clay covers they yeah. had they like the their the very first cover had of super mario brothers 2 was essentially know. a claymation of Mario jumping so it's really uh I would definitely say it's a really good episode if you want to listen to about not just to talk about Nintendo Power but essentially the art inside the book because the art is just wow because a yeah. lot of people had drew the stuff. This was long before, like, because especially the early episode or the early issues in Nintendo Power, mm. they didn't have like, the computer-generated renders that they we know we have today. They had to draw them. I mean, they had oh, screenshots of, of the games, but they couldn't just, like, take the 3D models and slap them on a magazine.
3: Yeah, I thought it was a cool episode for you to get to do, Ben. It honestly made me think about, um, like, where is the artist... I need to look into this. Where is the artist who made the um, art covers for all of the U.S. Dragon Ball Z magazine oh, uh, covers, uh, which ran for, like, 89 issues uh, for a few years? I, I'm like, I'm where is that person? He died. <laughs> what do they do? <clears throat> um,
2: yeah so yeah so that's in the description as well both audio and video format i forgot to put in the description for the live stream but it will be there uh for the audio people the basement arcade basement arcade for ko city part one has dropped which is very exciting that dropped earlier this morning um as far as this recording uh that was great time to do because as you guys know ko city uh closed its doors this week uh no, not this week this year um and uh, uh we were able to kind of get in there at the last for the last couple of weeks and, and play some play some really fun games uh some a lot of really cool dodgeball happened in those games i'm really excited speaking,
1: for you guys to check it out speaking of ko city grayson live in the chat saying hopefully everyone enjoys it being the episode he and i are going to record later on today sleep comes after prep understandable and he was watching the ko city episode fun stuff that Probably. is why
2: yeah. I remembered it. Oh yeah. It was
3: it was fun to revisit because I had to that's when I had to like go through the whole thing because it's a lot of editing work and doing multicam between Brandon and I's uh feeds. So I, I really went through it all and I'm like, oh this is actually this is a lot of fun to watch. This is cool. So I'm not gonna say how consistent those episodes are gonna be in coming out because they're a lot of work and there's a lot going on, but you know, expect another one within a month.
2: Yeah, for sure. Uh they're like Spark said, they're big episodes and uh there's like did we record five in total? Seven. Seven in total. Okay. So yeah, Yeah. so yeah, they'll they'll roll out when they roll out. Roll out. Um as far as uh Digimon goes that's a weird transition animation station um two episodes of animation station are in the description below because obviously two weeks um for digimon adventure try part two and three that is determination and confession uh the two films there uh ben and i discussed those in in great detail <laughs> and talked about some digimon stuff because we did we, we can't help but just like be like look how cool digimon is for every, every yeah. couple of minutes Mm-hmm. Um yeah. but that's been a lot of fun to do, Ben. I'm really enjoying doing it. Um we're gonna go through the entire tri-series uh and then we're gonna do Last Evolution Kazuna, which is really mm-hmm. exciting.
1: No, I actually hundred percent agree because go rewatching a lot of these films and cause getting to the final up to the final films where I have where I own, I just never sat down to watch mm-hmm. has been fun to revisit and also it kind of has reignited my my nostalgia and my love for the Digimon series. Cause as you guys know, Digimon and Pokemon were the two big anime shows growing up as a kid that dominated my household. So just going back to, to talk about it and to rewatch these, these films and discuss them with you has been an absolute treat. And I'm really glad we're doing this.
2: Me too. Uh, you can, boy, do I got a show for you by the way, if you want to, if you want to reignite some love for Digimon. Um, yeah. So that's in the description below, both in audio and video formats. Um, my conversation episode, which is just an which is only an audio, uh, formatted show with Mark Reed from the uh, Creative Psychopaths podcast, uh, is up now. That was a little bit late. I apologize for that, but that was a lot of fun to discuss. He was a really cool guy, and we've already talked about stuff to do on his podcast that I'm really excited about. Um, yeah, we go through a lot of really interesting topics, um, most of which uh, revolved around. Um, kind of his journey as a kind of what he called a toxic wrestling fan uh, into a um kind of an open horror fan and why he sought out the horror fandom and uh, why he created this podcast uh, to learn more about horror movies uh, and things like that. That was a great time. and He was a really cool guy. So check him out. Check that episode out, please. Um, yeah, I work really hard on these conversation episodes and I hope people are enjoying them. <clears throat> um, and I think finally yeah i think that's it um but certainly not least uh figure book club released two episodes in the interim one of star trek classics the mirror universe saga which i did with andy palacities who is from the great derelict podcast a good friend of mine uh we discussed um what was probably the first mirror universe comic book to be released um it's uh, kirk spock and all the stuff it's set after set wildly after the search for spock but before the voyage home came out so they weren't sure what that movie was going to be so it was just them kind of doing what like what would that fourth movie look like and then it sets up this weird like alternate reality (laughs) version of those of the events of the voyage home awesome stuff uh and so like you know it's mirror universe kirk is like i'm gonna go to the prime universe and we're going to kill the prime versions of our characters um that was a lot of fun to talk about because we got to get into a lot of really interesting deep cuts. Um, So check that out. And uh, then check out Sparks, Ryan and Ben, you guys got together to talk about the rotation book club, which was 20th century men.
0: Yeah, that we did. That's probably um, one of the greatest books I've read in my entire life. Um, Without exaggeration. Um, I'm thinking about that book still weeks after doing it. Um, I think it's a, I think it's an incredible book. I I would have read it eventually so I'm glad you brought it to us now. Um if you guys want to see like what an untraditional what comic books can be in 2023, you know, uh this is like a great example of like yo man, this is what art is about. This is what comic book, it's like it's not just like nine panels, you know, it's not just about, you know, 20 like it's it feels really it's really special. It's a really special book. Um and it's so real. Um especially in you know 2023's eyes. Um it's just, it's a lovely, it's a lovely book. It's definitely, uh, it's going to be in my top five. Uh, I think it's, I think it's uh, absolutely worth checking out.
2: Awesome. Anyone else want to say something about it before we move on?
0: Oh
3: yeah, I'm totally happy that we got to do it. Um, and that uh, both writer and artist
0: were into the conversation. I'm like, yes. okay, yeah. well, cool.
2: They will That's follow me
0: now for, yeah. no, for no reason. Don't follow me. I don't say anything smart. Yeah. Uh,
2: that was interesting that, that uh, that that the the release of the, of this book club episode got a lot of attention, which was really nice to see, especially from the creators who really loved you guys' discussion.
1: Yeah, that They're was just a either, very. They just, want,
0: they just want their work to be appreciated too. Yeah,
2: yeah.
1: I, I would say it was a little awkward because one of the guys called me out because at first when we started talking about it, I said I didn't really like 20th Century Men. Yeah, and then I'm like, oh no, I'm gonna be that guy, aren't I?
0: No, but see, but then see, but he listened to the whole conversation, he the whole conversation yeah. and like he saw where you were coming from. And like, you do like, you like that book more than you think. And I think you realize that yeah. near the end too.
3: And honestly, yeah. like, I think our conversation was, was really good about it because, you know, you weren't coming from the same place that Ryan and I were yeah. about it. So like,
0: we actually have a conversation.
3: Yeah. 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 And I think that's one of the reasons they liked it. Um mm-hmm. And that we got to, and in one of the, like to, to Denise camp's point, um, you know, we got to spend a lot of time really digging through it. And it's one of the reasons why I'm like, I'm really glad we lifted the book club out of this show. Yeah. um, Because I think that's more what I want the book club to be. Yeah.
0: That is not a 20 minute conversation comment. Yeah,
3: absolutely. Yeah. And there's, there's a lot of, no disrespect. Like there's been a lot of comics we've had on this show that I love that like have been 20 minute conversations and and, and, like, they could have been more. Yeah. (laughs) Um, uh, But you know where you can listen to those? Why don't you tell Brandon?
2: Speaking of, uh, Sparks was very kind to put up uh, our archived book clubs. Uh, As he mentioned, if you guys have been listening to the show for a while, then you know that the book club has been lifted from this main show. It used to be part of this main show, the final segment of the night. Um, And uh, uh, we used to talk about comic books there. But uh, now that it is on its own feed, to populate that feed, Sparks has gone back to the beginning, back to 2016, September of 2016, when we started the book club, the FN book club. And uh, put up a bunch of those, uh, starting to put up those archived episodes. So be sure to subscribe to those, uh, to that feed. And, you know, make sure to follow the playlist on this channel uh, to to check it out. Um, our uh, Darwin Cook, uh, DC Frontier, got some attention uh, this week, which was kind of nice. Which was interesting because that book happened 15 years ago, whatever it was
0: also were uh, recorded see. seven years ago
3: <laughs> let's see it's it's black science volume one dc the new frontier power man and iron fist batman and elmer fudd and the secret service by mark millar well almost all great comics
2: yeah those are those are all there and uh more are coming so so stay tuned so i'll
3: i'll tell the listeners just so like you know what's up uh the world allowing me, um, weekly, you are going to get archived episodes of the Finkner Book Club for a year. Congrats! Um, so every Tuesday, expect archive editions of the Finkner Book Clubs that uh, we're going to be putting back into uh, the rotation so that you can listen to it, or or in some cases, watch it, depending on what year it is. Um, and what that's going to do is every, every week will be two years of the month that we're in. So last week was 2016 2017 this week is going to be 2018 2019 yeah uh so you'll be you'll be doing that um and for people on the youtubes uh if you want to go find those um i'm not leaving them at the top of our faker book club playlist they are moving down to the date that they align with i can't do that on the audio feed so for you audio listeners they're very clearly labeled archive. If you don't want to listen to them and you want to listen to the new material, just scan past yeah. those archives. It'll say 2017. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah.
2: And yeah, we do try to make this as easy as possible. Um, I wish
3: I wish I could move them down in the audio feed. I just can't. And yeah. it, it's it's a bummer.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's all the links in the description. Guys, a lot of stuff to get through, I know, but uh, it's all really good stuff. So please check it out if you can uh, when you get the time. You got two weeks until the next episode, so the next one of these episodes drops. So uh, please check it out. Um, I, can right. tease,
3: I can tease in, in an upcoming one. I forget which one, but one that's in the near future. Uh, you're going to hear an opening to the book club where Ryan is befuddled by Brandon, Ben and I's collective knowledge of a children's show.
0: Oh, I don't remember this whatsoever. Is that the My
2: Little Pony? I won't split it. Uh,
0: Wait, I, hold on, hold on. I don't want to know the <laughs> answer, but am I challenging that you guys don't know enough? No, you're con- you're astounded that we know as much as we do. Oh, is it My Little Pony? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, I still have My Little Pony toys you guys got me.
2: Yeah. Oh, people will get to see the origin of that gag from Christmas ages ago. Yeah, yeah. Um. All right, well, shall we get into our weekly roundup?
1: Uh, yeah. Who wants to go first with their I, week? I will because I don't have a whole lot. There's really only one thing I really want to talk about, and it's this little device that I'm holding up right here, audio listeners. Which is, it looks like a Game Boy, but it's not a Game Boy. It is called the Nick RG35 Double XX Double wow. uh, I know it's a mouthful. It's so what this device is. This is an emulator device. This is a Kindle. Yeah. <laughs> this I know. I know. Uh, so a buddy of mine at work, he loaned this to me for me to play with because this um, this emulated device came out of, uh, earlier this year and it's been getting a lot of attention. It even has um, four trigger buttons for like an L2 and R2 and this thing can play up to the PlayStation 1. And I have to say, the emulation quality on this, especially the PS1 games, are phenomenal. It comes with a whole bunch of games preloaded on. Not exactly legal, but this thing is like only but, like
0: allegedly, then You have to say allegedly because you're not allegedly. actually playing these illegal games. You're it's allegedly you're not actually doing this. You recommend people to buy the games.
1: Yeah. I'll yeah. Um, yeah. But this this thing is like really nice because recently I've been thinking about possible about getting into more emulation devices, mostly so I can sell some of my hard copy games and you know free up some space, get some extra cash because you guys know I'm playing a big trip to Japan next year. And this will help because this has a lot of like Game Boy, GBA games. The f- only like criticism I have is that the GBA games that are on here, they are a little bit sluggish. They are a little bit, um, the sound kind of spikes. It doesn't, it's, you know, it's not like great quality. Whereas with the Game Boy, the Game Boy, Game Boy Color games are perfect. Um, the NES games are pretty good. The Super Nintendo, like, I played, I started Crow Trigger on this thing and it was running fantastic. Um, but other than that, this does come with an extra SD slots, so you can put your own ROMs on here. But other than that, this device is really neat, and the screen is beautiful. I played a Crash Bandicoot 3 Warped on this. I played like the first level. It is gorgeous. This thing is like I don't know what they packed in this thing to make it run like it does for those PlayStation One titles. It is absolutely phenomenal. It's crisp. It looks. It looks beautiful. Even the graphics themselves, they look a little sharper and cleaner than they would on a the regular PS One. So because you're yeah, not dealing
0: thing. with a CRTV from 1995, even though it is a small screen, that is a there's more technology in that thing than the technology from 25 years ago. So yeah, uh, someone who allegedly not all the time does a lot of emulation, a lot of games run better because it's just we have better software to run it. Mm-hmm. Now some games uh, are aren't as compatible because uh, that's just you know every every game can sometimes be faulty. But like if yeah. you just make a regular ass game, you know, like a Crash Bandicoot that plays on a lot of things, like it'll run beautifully on anything. Um you know, uh, emulation is incredible. Game preservation is more important than ever. Um if if you have an, a computer, the internet archive, internetarchive.org. It is the greatest place on the internet cuz it, it is collecting movies, television shows, books, poems, video games, everything that can exist on the internet. Uh, and will be lost it is on there and it has every game you'd ever want from the last 20 years on it mm-hmm. so like uh em- like game preservation is super important and there are legal ways of getting around it um but until then uh, you can't go to that one website uh mm-hmm. emulation is incredible and i'm glad so many devices like this get to come out um i i love it i think it's great i love technology yeah,
1: yeah there are other like there are other the reasons why i'm i want to talk about this one is because this one's available there's another one called the miyu mini because I've been watching this YouTuber um Wolfden because uh, he's talking about emulation and emulation devices which ones are better ones and which ones you should probably like avoid and all that stuff. And while he loves the Miyu Mini because it's a little bit smaller, it's just not available. It's really hard to get a hold of one. This one is available and even with the highest like SD card, it's only about $70, which is That's only 70 bucks? Yeah. That's good. And that's why I'm th- that's why my um uh, coworker is letting me borrow it, play around with it. And it's like, as much as I love this, my Game Boy Advance, like my physical copies of games, because I do want to still have a physical collection, but times are getting tough and space is becoming more of a factor. And also, other things are popping up. It's like, I do have some really valuable games in my collection. And if I have access to play them through this, through an emulation machine, at least I have an access, a way to access them. And also, not only that, like I could put the entire library of GBA games on an on an emulation device. So it's like
0: they're so tiny. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Uh, uh,
0: I'm glad. I'm going. I'm glad you're going through this. I think it's wonderful. Um, I definitely in the future would like to buy some type of thing like that because I do play. I I never talk about it, but I I emulate a lot of games. Allegedly, I don't actually do it, but if I did, um, (laughs) Mm -hmm. I play them a lot. I have. I wish I could show you the folder on my thing. I have. I have every single superhero game I've ever made from the past 25 years uh, on any system, no matter what system it is, except for like, you know, like PS1 or PS5, like the new stuff. Right. Um, and if I can have a machine where I can play that just like in my lab, that'd be great. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that's pretty cool.
1: Yeah. I mean, even my PlayStation Vita, because I had that modified and added a whole bunch of emulators on there and it does run, it, it runs some of the emulators pretty well. My Dreamcast emulator, eh, not so much, mm-hmm. but once again, there are, there is a setting where I could overclock the system to to make it be more a little bit more powerful yeah so there there are like i'm still i'm still playing around with stuff i'm still like dipping my toes in the emulation pool because i as you guys know i'm not very i'm i'm decently uh technically inclined but there's a lot of stuff like oh you need this file the zip file to go over here i was like what are all these terms
0: it's so it's i promise you ben like it's so much easier than you think it is i can show you bring that thing over ben i'll put a hundred games on your thing today like it's allegedly, allegedly 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 i wouldn't actually do it
1: Fun, funny enough because the, my coworker also allegedly oh no he actually did load me an sd
0: card
1: he did he load he loaded <clears throat> this because he told me to it was like hey if you have games put them on there so allegedly but yeah it's yeah, a really can, cool device i, I, can, I think
0: honestly, i can show you Ben. It's, it's considerably easy yeah
1: yeah it's really it's a really cool device i so far i'm really enjoying it i um and honestly the fact that it's like that cheap or at least it's like less than a hundred dollars to get that and you could say even right out of the box it comes with a bunch of games to to play i think that's like you were saying ryan game preservation but also for someone like me and other people it's like the access to play games without having to spend a whole lot of money yeah because a lot of it is like
0: because like this game
1: fire emblem for the gba is one of the most expensive g is one of the more expensive gba games i mean the price has dropped since they released the 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 game on nintendo switch online but still it's like the
0: the thing about old games
1: is uh they're not
0: making money off of nes games anymore they're not making money off of a, a 2003 game boy cartridge right so like I don't. I don't think emulation is a problem for old games because, first of all, most people can't even get those games anymore because right. you don't make them and you don't sell them. So and even like, if you were, even if
3: you were buying them, you're
0: buying them secondhand. You're not buying them from the company. hundred percent. So mm-hmm. like, once a game leaves, leaves like the the store production market. production, that it's that's it. Like that's it, right? So like, it's not the same as like a Blu-ray DVD market. Absolutely, it's like, not the, the same as a modern thing where you know, like, right. they don't want you to pirate. You know. Game of Thrones DVD, because, you know, those
3: will sell. You do run into a a little bit of a, a, you know, a little bit of a legal wall when you hit, like, ones that they've decided to digitize, but that's a, like, few and far between conversation and, like, even if they have, like, how accessible are they without, like, subscription services and things like that.
0: And generally these older games, like, Nintendo's pretty shitty about it, but, like, even they're, like, they're they're the worst, but even then, like, they're not as bad for older games, but, like, A lot of these, like like Atari, old old like PS One, nobody gives a shit. Like nobody cares that you're playing Wild Arms uh, on your PC through Twitch. Like nobody cares. Old computer games that can't even run on modern systems. Exactly, like games that won't even play, don't even run on our PC because our PCs are too advanced. Like something like that. Like that is important to keep around and to preserve that because, like you know, again preservation is important.
1: And I will say because I was also writing an article about emulation for Fusion Game Magazine, Lewis Sizzle, because it's coming out soon. It's done. It's in the, it's in the, um, the Fusion boards, ready right, for my editors to go through it. Um, I did do, a little, I did look this up, and no one in the United States, as far as I know, as far as like there has been no criminal case and there has been no criminal arrest for people emulate because it's legal to own emulation. The only yeah. illegal gray area. Is downloading the ROMs of games and making copies of ROMs for games yes. that's the only legal gray area where companies are saying it is illegal and there are other lawyers who are saying it's ta- kind of it, it is and it isn't so you're borrowing yeah. you're borrowing it
2: so i forgot to mention ben's blog on our website figurepodcast.com all up to date um if you guys want to check out all of his back catalog from old School gamer magazine and go Nintendo none of his magazine articles are in, are there yet, but they will be first. The first drafts of them will be. Um, but yeah, if you want to check, check out his, his back catalog, it's now updated all on, on the blog on his blog, uh, a nostalgia bitch on uh, a Love it. All right. Sorry about that. I just wanted to be sure. Nope. That's it. Uh, uh, I'll, take, I'll take it
1: back because
0: um, um we're talking about video games. Um so uh Starfield came out this week, uh and it is it is the biggest Xbox game of the past couple of years. It's already sold six million copies in like its first uh three days. That's like insane. Um I've been really anticipating this game. A lot of the world's been anticipating this game, and uh I will say I think it's pretty good. Um after playing this game took like six years, six years, it took like eight years in development. Fallout four came out in like twenty fifteen. Um Bethesda makes a very specific type of game, and they're very good at it. But we have advanced so much now, as 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 a society, as as video games have evolved. Bethesda has kind of kept to what they make, and they make Bethesda makes Bethesda games. They are hardcore RPGs. They used to make classic RPGs, kind of like Baldur's Gate, which I'll talk about later. Um, But the thing about I was so excited about Starfield. Like I love space, guys. You know, like I love exploring. And after playing No Man's Sky for years, and having the ability to build a base on a planet, leave the planet go to a space station, travel to another galaxy, all without loading screens. It all happens simultaneously. I can go up and down like it's nothing. Starfield, I am bogged down by menus. Bogged down by menus. To travel to another system, you have to open the map, you have to click on the planet, then you travel to the planet. But you don't actually get to land on the planet, you land in the atmosphere, so you're flying around space. So if you actually want to land on the planet, then you have to click on the random places on the planet to go explore. You can't just land on the planet and go explore. Um, So this is... It is maybe the most disjointed open-world game I've ever played. And I love Bethesda, and they make incredible open-world games where it is just one big map, right? This is like a 1,000 tiny maps. And it feels really disjointed, and I'm having a really... That's the biggest thing I'm ever problem with. It does not feel as cohesive and open-world as their other games. It's because they're trying to do something considerably bigger. This is a giant space game with thousands of planets. But, again, going back to No Man's Sky, like. A lot of these planets, like they are barren as they're supposed to be, right? You know, this is this is a very realistic game. They're calling it NASA Punk. This is 300 years in the future. We're not dealing with aliens. We're dealing with like alien, um, like animals on planets, but not crazy. This isn't Mass Effect. This isn't Star Wars. This is hardcore realism. Every space suit you get looks the same, just different color. It's also one of the problems that I have with the game because, like, man, I just got like this epic space helmet and it's just a blue version of the helmet I had before. And it's the problem with going realism. Because like I love Mass Effect, and that's all about like cool aliens and cool armor. But like humanity in three hundred years, we're not gonna be we're not gonna be looking like aliens, We're not gonna be wearing Art Deco nonsense. We're gonna probably like you know evolve normally, and we're gonna have like normal spacesuits. And it's just it's kind of boring. It's just kind of boring. Um, and if you're very into hardcore realism, um, it is awesome. That stuff is really good. Like it is it is it is taking all that stuff really seriously, like very seriously. There's not a lot of there's not a lot of like goofs, which is something I'm kind of missing as well. So I'm having a good time. I'm not loving it like I wish I would. But um it is, it is, there's so much to the game. So I don't, I might be sounding negative, but like the thing that I was coming to the game for isn't really impressing me. All the Bethesda RPG stuff is incredible. They are really still like top tier. Like when you're having dialogue conversations and you have to convince someone, um, you know, just like Dungeons and Dragons, you know, you have to persuasion check, intimidation check, all this stuff's in this game. All that stuff's incredible. Uh the characters are pretty good. The scripts, it's okay. It's okay. Um, I probably would be happier about it if the greatest game of all time didn't come out. And it's called Baldur's Gate 3. Um, I'm not, y'all, I can't, I can't, I've hyperbolized a lot of games on the show before. Um, We've played some great games in the past. Baldur's Gate 3 transcends what a video game can be. uh, And it, and there's a huge discourse happening online right now of like, this game is so good. It is so polished, it is so big that it's like starting to make other people like go like, oh, all these other games suck. And it's a, it's a huge conversation. Like, not every game can be Baldur's Gate. Like, this really is like the crown jewel. It's like the godfather of video games. Like, it's truly, you watch this play a little bit of it. Like, it looks like a PS5 game. It looks like God of War. It looks incredible. It's also a 300 hour open world RPG where you can create any character you want, good or evil. Every single conversation you have can be different. Every single character has multiple lines of dialogue. You can kill every single character and all these things actually matter. We've played you guys might not have. I've played so many games where your choices matter. It's a big open world RPG. These things matter. They don't really. If I, I
3: if I may, please. Um it's it to me it seems so much like they've truly captured in video games the experience of doing D&D tabletop in the sense that like obviously there is some limited framework that this video game has. Yeah. But you'll never encounter it You never hit the wall. The the, the it feels like the choice is just as controlled by a DM at a table. That's just now functionally the game. So that means that the opportunity for anything to happen feels just as experimentation.
2: This is the game where you can change your dick size, right?
0: Yes, I'm your vulvas. Different vulvas.
2: I've seen. Yeah. Um, This is this is the one that people were saying. Maybe we made this game too horny.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. I disagree. I think it's plenty horny. Also, this <laughs> games, man, games are not horny. Like this game is. Holy shit! Like these people are just talking about how much they want to ride you. Oh my god, it's it's crazy. Like there's this one. Um, there's this one like get the yankee she's like an, uh, get the yankee are a, a race from the astral plane so they don't interact with DD uh the D normal universe a lot right so they're kind of like a new thing brought in they're like orcs and elves put together but from space they're really cool but they're all about battle and you meet this the, one of your companions names Lazel, and she's all about fighting and she's so horny and she's like oh i love the way you sweat and glisten it makes me so wild and it's just like damn girl shit and notably <laughs>
3: early on lazelle is like she's a known npc she's on the Poster art and the cover and everything, and you see her within the first three hours of the game. You have the option for her to die. Every character, like, but this was the very prominent decision one where like he's trapped in a cage. It (laughs) is a story beat that you have to encounter,
0: and you decide is she in the rest of this game or is she not? And you could do that with every single character. Like the wizard you meet, um, we didn't meet him, um, but he basically he got trapped in a portal. So when you meet him, his arms just help. Help me! I'm I'm, I'm sticking out portal. You could just ignore him. You could just ignore him, and you'll never interact with him ever again.
1: It's I incredible. saw I saw this great TikTok where like someone's like scrolling through the options of what you can do with the with the hand. It's, like slap it, and he slaps it. He's like, "Ow, let me rephrase. I need a helping hand because <laughs> he's yeah, like, yeah. "Hey, can someone give me a hand? Smack." Yeah, the
0: this it, it really might be like the the the, the most well written game I've ever played in my life. Like every character feels so real and the voice acting every character whether it's a small character or big character like has pathos and feels real like it doesn't feel like i'm talking to a random npc for no reason every character has multiple lines of dialogue um again this is one of those things where like this game took six years of development they have multiple studios around the world they were working on this game literally like 24 hours a day uh uh, because i was watching a bunch of interviews with the developer like how do you like they're putting out a patch like almost every other day And for this huge ass game, like, how are you doing this? It's like, because we have three studios and we really care about the game and we're not not trying to crunch anyone. So people in Malaysia are working on the patch that the people in Europe were working on six hours ago. So it's constantly being worked on. And that is incredible. That is incredible uh, uh, teamwork and co-ownership and stuff. And the most powerful thing about this, this is an independent studio. They did not get the rights to Dungeons and Dragons. They bought the rights to Dungeons and Dragons to make this game. They they put so much money into making this because they've made a bunch of other RPGs for um Divinity, Original Sin, Tyranny, all these other smaller scale games. They were given, like, y'all man, we trust you. We know you make good games. We're giving you the DD license to make the biggest game ever. And if this messes up, then it's gonna be awful. Like the, the scale of this game. But I've I've played 40 hours on two different playthroughs at this point. Um, and I've interacted with the same things, but in completely different ways. Characters are dead who are not there. Characters who I've never met are now here. Um, the way you interact with villains, you can make them allies. Like it really is like, Ben, you specifically, this is like, I have never played a game that gives you so much choice in my life, in my life. Like if any NPC, you can talk to them, you can trade with them, you can attack them, you can shove them off a cliff, you can charm them, you can turn them on dead. Literally any spell in d you can cast at any time, any time in the world, Ben. And it has ramifications. Every, you can destroy a bridge and kill 40 characters and they're not in that game anymore. You can embrace your inner Eric. <laughs> yes, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> um, I'm playing a barbarian right now. And I've, I never play just melee barbarians. I think that's just, it's just kind of boring. Uh, but I'm playing a hardcore barbarian who leans into being a berserker. So my my uh, charisma checks are barbarian and berserker checks and they're intimidation. And I just roar and I yell at people. So like when I don't get things that I want I can do the barbarian check uh, and it gives me advantage every time because barbarians are really good at being angry and I just yell to get my way through stuff I'm just yelling at people I made a I made a goblin kiss my feet because he, he yelled at me and I just yell and I yelled at him like kiss my feet no you kiss my feet and he did it because I won the check and it's just like every character every character is fun to talk to so like I am just going to play this game the rest of my life with every character. Because not just Ben. Not just you create your custom character. You can play as the six like original characters they made for the game. You know, Asterian, and Liza, all those characters. And they have their own interpersonal stories that you're dealing with the other characters too. There's so much story in here. It's I, it's unfathomable. Like, I can't believe it. And truly, like, putting this next to, to Starfield, like, they're completely different games. It's not fair to compare them. But they came out, like, literally, like, the same week. Uh, it's like night and day. Uh, with, like, the choice and, like, the fun you can have. Well, I've, but to the
3: point, like, Starfield is a different, like, but in the RPG space, something that Bethesda has been, as you pointed out, like, what they're very good at. Yeah. Uh, Baldur's Gate the 3 has,
0: has rocked the boat. Has rocked their world, dude. <laughs> rocked their world. Um, Danger dangers. Yes, ah, he's been playing it, baby. It's oh, my such DM. An amazing game. If not for Tears of the Kingdom, it'd be a slam dunk for Game of the Year. And even though it still might be 100%. Um, I am full- Full on Baldur's Gate now because if Tears of the Kingdom were the first Zelda game, it would absolutely do it. But this is a sequel, and it, it is using a map that I'm already familiar with. Whereas Baldur's Gate Three is a completely new, original, hundred percent thing. Um, it is, it is, it is remarkable. Like I, I can't tell you. Like the they're sending a tweet around like, "Hey, uh, join the millions of players who thought this game wasn't for them either," uh, and that's hilarious. <laughs> um, it's magical. If, it, it's like magic playing it, y'all. Like. The last thing I'll say about it is like the romance is really fun. Like I play a lot of RPGs where like romance is important, but like these characters feel so real and the voice acting is so good. Like I was going after the orc elf lady lazelle, and I and I was not gonna fucks with anyone else. But then I started talking to Shadowheart, the 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 dark cleric, and she said something to me, and my emotion, my real emotions got turned. I'm like, whoa, am I gonna start banging Shadowheart instead? And I now she's my girlfriend, and that is not something <laughs> I actually thought was gonna happen. And I actually like. And like, she's like, she's like a real lady, but she's also like a dark cleric elf lady. But like, it's crazy, dude. It is so well acted. And like, the facial reactions, like the facial animations are the best I've ever seen in a video game. Like, you clearly can tell when they're angry, when they're sad, when they go, ugh. Every single character, small or big, is motion captured. Every single character. There's like 200 hours of cutscene in this game. I'm done. I can't talk. I can talk about this game the rest of my life. It's incredible. I'm not even in act two yet. I'm not, and I've played like 40 hours. It's a, we, it's a good thing we have a quarterly for this. God, I'm just, I'm, I'm, It makes me so happy. And the fact that this small, this small studio made this big game, and it is getting, it is getting, uh, so much love. And it is like one of the highest selling games of the year before, before Starfield came out, because Bethesda and Starfield are a bigger game in terms of just like being known. Baldur's Gate 3 has surpassed any, any, uh, uh imagination of what it could have been. They expected 100,000 players. They had up to 800,000 players on its first weekend um it's it's bananas it's it is unassuredly game of the year there's no way in hell there's no spider Spider spider-man will have to do something incredible truly incredible to 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 beat this like bald's gate is a like once in a
2: generation type game like truly i think think we were um maybe maybe three months into the year when i realized spider-man's not making game of the year
0: yeah i just i the more see it, like i'm sure that game's gonna be incredible but like just the things Baldur's doing, but you're, doing it,
2: but you're like, right about you. You you bring up Tears of the Kingdom, which I think is apt, like it's not really doing anything that new. It's well, I mean, still in terms just, of game mechanics,
0: still... in game mechanics, yes, but in terms of the world, no, that's why I'm knocking. If it was a brand new world and it had those mechanics, then yes, because in terms of game mechanics, Tears of the Kingdom is still like unrivaled, that's still doing shit that I've never seen in game in terms of like actual game mechanics. Baldur's more of like a story driven game, um, that has just really great combat. Um, so I, I seem to say, Brandon, but like, uh, Cheers of the Kingdom is still incredible, but it is rehashing something we are familiar with. So that think, is the yeah. one knock I do have.
2: I think Baldur's Gate 3 has the same momentum that Elden Ring had, which is oh, yeah. it has it, it, it's broken the barrier of people who didn't think this game was for them. Absolutely. Um and which is which is not easy to do for games like this. And, absolutely. And it, it,
0: like Baldur's Gate 3. A, a CRPG, which is known for classic or computer RPG, it is hardcore, like, there is, like, you open that radio, wheel, you have, like, 70 things you can choose from, dude, it's insane. Like, anything you can do in D&D, you can do in this game, and, like, the fact that it is selling millions of copies is, is like we said, it resonates with more people than, than regular, because it is that good, and this will open the door to so many people to D&D, it's like truly exciting. It is so exciting. It, um, it's, I'm so happy. I'm so, Ben, I need you to play this. I know you're not going to play it anytime soon because you got a lot of shit to do and you, you're never going to beat Jedi Survivor. But like, you are going to destroy this game, dude. You are going to love it so hard. You're going to wish you played it like from day one, I promise you. It is, there has never been a more perfect role playing game I don't think ever made. And I don't, I don't know if there ever will be unless Larry makes Bald Escape 4. <laughs> like, it's 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 unfathomably dense and rich in ways that I I really could talk about this for, for hours. Um, but i won't
1: like when they when i found out that baldur's gate 3 was coming out to p was is available for ps5 i'm like oh oh i'm ready i am right re- i because i've been seeing a bunch of clips online about baldur's gate 3 and i'm like man this game looks really fun this, i mean be being a DD guy now it's like no i want to play this because this sounds like this looks like a great experience and after hearing you talk about it i am all for that i am like r- i want to i want to dive into it and i have not heard any negative things about the ps5 port and i've Perfect. been hearing that no the ps5 can run it perfectly fine just like it is on the pc yeah. and j- even just hearing that it's like well shit i have a ps5 Well, i want to play on my PLC5. y'all y'all
0: know the DD game that we played a couple months ago um uh-huh. i made that exact character with the exact same stats and the exact same abilities in in Baldur's gate 3 you, you, all of us can make our exact character it is just dnd 5e it's just dnd 5e it literally is that um yeah it's great it's so good i just want to i just want to play it all the time
1: yeah uh danger dan is in the chat saying it's a major time scene so just be aware of that going in that's that's okay. that's the games i
2: live in Our time sinks um all right uh sparks do you have anything you want to bring up oh sure
3: you know since we're in the realm of video games i am by proxy ryan finished a video game also this week oh that's true jedi survivor holy shit <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's happening guys it's happening
3: yeah for for reference like everyone knows like i've said before like this took a long time because i was playing through it with my mom which means like it's an extra we gotta find the time and the opportunity to do it and so like we we played through it and like yeah, uh, there's a lot of thoughts. There's a lot of feelings. Uh, I'm sure we're going to get into them on a review because uh, there's a lot of thoughts and there's a lot of feelings and um, some have. are positive some are positive and some are not. <laughs> negative. I still have my notes. I'm yeah. ready. Hell yeah. Um, what I'll say about Jedi Survivor just like outside of expanding on it in the review and just right here is that like my favorite thing about Jedi Survivor is I think it really got a lot closer to a perfect jedi movement game Mm -hmm. and like the way that you are able to use the force to traverse a space Mm -hmm. i don't think has been matched in anything else past jedi survivor and is a lot of like what i want about it because like when i'm traveling through the areas they create Mm or when i'm solving puzzles using all of my force momentum and abilities jumping through things dashing that's honestly when the game's at its best Mm -hmm. and i would play A lot of that kind of thing. Um, But we'll get into it.
1: Grayson is playing Survivor.
3: Oh, I have one last thing. I'm going to be real quick, because we're running real long at this point. Um, Real fast. Hey, in the last two weeks, guess what happened? Totally not Mark had the first part of the Boo Saga review. And I'm only bringing this up because Team Four Star is back. With more Dragon Ball Z abridged. Oh, are they? Yes. I didn't see that. Uh, They put, um, there are between part one and part two, there are over 28 minutes of boo bits. Oh. So Dragon Ball Z abridged has created like, because they're like, we really don't like that saga very much. We're not going to write a whole, whole season or anything. Yeah, but they yeah. have written select moments. For totally not Mark? Yeah. So it's in his review that they have these boo bits. And then also they are now releasing them individually and then in a compilation on their own channel. Um, get to know. They are great. They, they are Specifically, they did one of the most important moments in Dragon Ball Z for me, which is one I really wanted to know what they would do with, which is when Vegeta blows himself up
1: mm-hmm. uh, to destroy
3: mm-hmm. Majin Buu. I love that. Um, it's incredible. They their made deci- me cry, cry as a child. Their their decision moment is, uh, I mean, I'm just going to tell you, like, uh, Vegeta, it, you know how he, like, looks over and he's like, I do this for you, Bulma, Trunks, and even you, Kakarot? Yeah. Instead, he says, and even you, best buddy. <laughs>
2: But I love I love it because so totally not Mark has known Team Four Star for years. Like he did a he did a series on his channel about Team Four Star and um how it kind of created this whole uh, phenomenon around Dragon Ball again. And uh, uh, so like it was really awesome to hear because this was a big surprise. Like we didn't know when he dropped the episode, he was like, Hey, by the way, Team Four Star came back. Um, and I haven't watched the review, but I've been watching the boobits as they've been coming out. Um, you're right, the Vegeta blowing up moment is so good uh the, the 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 there's one moment where where uh, i think it's like why didn't he dodge is the title which is when yeah. videl is like so you can dodge everything right and then it, like yeah. cuts to her she like flies
3: straight at him yeah
2: <laughs> and it's such a good moment
3: uh honestly I don't think they've done anything quite as good with like these new characters that they had available in in the boo section as having Goten in his head sing Baby
1: Shark. Yeah,
3: supposed To be engaged in a fight and he's just sitting over there singing Baby Shark to himself. I'm like, yeah, he would be a Baby Shark. They yeah. got it. They really got his...
1: it. Goten is his father's
3: son. That like <laughs> honestly, like, it's I... really it's it's really wonderful to have, but it also just makes me and many many other people who are fans of Team Four Star go. Yeah,
1: I know. I, but like you guys got it like come back
3: <laughs> the whole show Dude, we all
1: just I, want the whole thing look, yeah. i i respect their decision to not do it but at the same time yeah. just seeing these boobits like like you were saying the bit when trunks and goten are fighting in the world uh, tournament and goten is singing baby shark whereas <laughs> trunks is like oh i can't land a blow on him what uh, there's like what else should i expect from the son of Kakarot? it's just like night and day because you can tell because obviously vegeta and uh, vegeta and goku Trunks and Goten, it's just like they're, they're, they're dad's kids, yeah. and it's just so funny. Like, yeah. and even when Goten's like, Oh, wait, we can use pew pew's because he calls yeah. the laser, bla- he calls the key blast pew pew's and he t- messes up pronouncing the Kamehameha wave. That Trunks was like, really
2: funny, that was really funny, by the way, because he says Kame, Kamehameha and 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 it still works. And Trunks, is like, Wait, you don't have to, t- what how does it still work? It's really good. Uh, I, there's a there's what? a Dragon Ball
0: uh, card game on mobile phones, and if you guys want to mm-hmm. see the fight between Gogeta versus Super Saiyan 4 Gogeta, it's exclusively on that video game on no, the mobile nice. phones. Um, That's true.
2: Yeah, I, I I, I'm, so, I'm so happy to see these boobits. They're so funny. I love them. Um, all right, uh, I, I'll 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 be quick because we have because um, as I said, we're we're going a little long. Um, so I'll talk. I, I'm almost done with Digimon Adventure 2020 uh I, I'm I've reached the end of the <clears throat> kind of the the big bad of this of the series was this creature called Millennium Mon, um, which was really really interesting. Um I will say that the show did rectify my Devamon problem uh towards towards this moment. They have this moment where T it's a very TK centered episode where Padamon is finally able to digivolve into Angemon. He's been digivolving into Pegasus Mon up until this point. And so now he's able to he's finally been able to unlock the Angemon Digivolution. Um, and he and in doing so, Devamon shows up and it's revealed that Devamon is actually um, the darkness that was in, that was infected that had infected Angemon uh, during this war a thousand years ago um and so it creates this whole like well now angemon and devamon are the same person and it's this really interesting philosophical battle that they have to do i was really happy they did that because as you guys may remember i had a big problem with how they handled devamon when we first met him so this went a long way of rectifying that and contextualized when angemon was able to digivolve into magna angemon uh who is is his ultimate form uh magna angemon has always had a black arm For some Mm -hmm. reason and it has contextualized it into that's devamon that is devamon's influence so by by accepting devamon as part of him he was able to access his ultimate digivolution and that is why he has the black arm that's that's good that's a real archangel from x-men energy i like that yeah i kind of really enjoyed that bit um uh, sorry danger dangers in the chat it's probably the best way team four star could do it they said in their podcast back when they first discontinued the show that the biggest factor was they were burnt out dealing with contrast uh constant copyright bans. yes that's true that's yeah. youtube sucks man yeah yeah <clears throat> um so yeah so um so when we when we finally are able to fight uh when we finally get to the to millennium on he's been, he's been kind of like built up to the by the way, there's this dog Digimon called Commandamon, and he's great. I love him. Um the he's like the traveling dog companion. Uh, so Millennium Mon has been built up to be this big, big, bad Digimon that like almost destroyed the digital world a thousand years ago and he's coming back. And when we finally see him, he's just kind of a mindless monster. And that was really that was a real bummer. Again, going back to the thing where like, these characters don't really these villains don't really have the personalities that you would have seen in the original in the original series. Um, but there was a really interesting battle they did, um, where, so I, for the, for those of you who don't, may, who've only seen the first couple of seasons, Digimon might not know that Digimon are not, do, do not have a linear evolution line like Pokemon. They can literally go in whatever path, whatever. Like, uh, I was introduced to, um, so, uh, Metal Greymon digivolved into War Greymon, which we've seen him before, uh, but he can also digivolve into Blitz Greymon so for example like there's there's alternate paths for digivolutions to go
1: right. uh, yeah, we DNA. went down a rabbit hole we went down a little bit of a rabbit hole the last uh, yes, uh, episode we record for uh, animation station digimon because we were like wait they can do what he can digivolve into yeah. that
2: and so like so like um Metal Greymon can also dark digivolve into Machine machinedramon which i didn't know which was interesting mm-hmm. um so there's uh so there's really interesting past and so what was really really funny and the reason why i'm bringing this up is because in the same movie oh uh, so in digimon adventure try loss which was the fourth film and we recorded that that's going to come out in this coming week um i talked about uh it was really interesting that in that movie patamon is able to reach his mega form for the first time in the series uh which is uh seraphimon or seraphimon
3: seraphimon Seraf- oh
2: seraphimon Seraf- so it's Seraphimon, this kind of like are this kind of like night angelic night Digimon. In Digimon Adventure 2020, Magna Angemon is able to reach a different mega form called Goldramon. And that was no. so weird. Like literally back to back, I saw two different mega evolutions for Padawan. That was really funny. Um the show's pretty good. I'm a little confused why there's still 17 episodes left because the show is done. Like they beat Millennium Mon. It's done, and what so I'm so interested. That? Yeah, like so, I'm so interested. Oh my god, you're so right.
0: <laughs> I was just joking. Was
2: joking. <laughs> but like, you're right. You're right though. Um, but what's so interesting is that is that there's less, there's 17 episodes left, and I am like, what are you gonna do? What are we doing? I'm I'm curious to see where, where that goes. Anyway, good show. I like it. Oh yeah. Um, I started Critical Role. Uh, on Which one? Uh, the I just started with Vox Machina. Okay. D- d- okay. Yeah. 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 Join so I us. uh so I went to I went to uh the Geek and Sundry YouTube uh channel, the Critical Role YouTube channel, sorry. Um and I started just the first <laughs> episode, which was uh wild because there's a guy there, I don't know. Uh oh yeah,
1: uh d- don't worry about him. He's gone in a few episodes. Oh he's
2: Yeah, I yeah. I've heard about this controversy. There's this so, oh, so yes. Yeah, so, like, Vox Machina, if you watch Vox Machina, it's this group, and so, like, I'm... So I've watched Vox Machina, and so I go here, and there's a dude who introduces himself, and I'm like, I do not recognize your character from the TV show I watched. Um, And apparently he's only in it for the 27 episodes, and then he bails. um, Because he was cheating? I guess, is the... Well, the the rumor?
1: The... Partially cheating, but also he was trying to... um he was also trying to turn himself into the main character of the story. Like he was oh, also okay. trying to, he was trying to, it, he turned into that D D player where he tried to make everything about him, or he tried to be the one to save the day. Uh There was a, because um, I remember listening to him and then actually I watched a YouTube video about this, uh, about this controversy. I was like, oh, I don't remember this because it's been so long since I listened to those episodes. Yeah. And there was a time where he tried to do something. And then Laura, I want to say it was Laura. She just leaned over and said, can you at least just wait and to see if I succeed on this check or not? And he would also be like, oh, I didn't roll it. It just fell from my hand because he would like try to do like certain re-rolls where he would. Yeah, like, I I, I saw a...
2: I saw him do like just say you got a 20. Like to someone like he like he because like who's he, it, it was like who's really going to check Um because yeah. mm-hmm. there's a because you're not going to see it. But like it's an honor system that he just yeah. didn't honor. Yeah.
0: You should have fun. And yeah, it's like,
2: yeah, game yeah. Doesn't mean, have, work
0: it
3: if you're not being sincere about it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah
1: I mean, half the fun. of Oh, sorry. No, I was just gonna say half the fun of d d is just to see how things can go sideways because your dice are being what your dice are. not the fun of it.
2: So anyway, it, it's really it's really interesting to watch these early episodes because of this dude because I I have never seen this character before I've never seen this player before and so like yes yeah. um and then seeing some of this controversy was really interesting but it's uh it's early days so it's kind yeah. of rough but it's good it's oh, fun yeah. I'm, I'm glad to watch it. it's
0: I think they start they definitely start you know like it's it's very uh like you know very indie but like where yeah. they are now. And they're all like incredibly rich. And their studio has the most incredible like marble table and they have beautiful like chairs. It's like, oh y'all, y'all you made it. You really made this thing
2: work. Yeah. It's incredible. Uh so yeah, that's all I'll say on that one. Cause I'm I love it. Anything else I love it. We're all we're all the Indian. Uh Ryan, I'm curious. Did you
0: read Immortal Thor? No, I was going to. They have sold out. <laughs> uh
2: yeah, so Immortal Thor came out this week. Uh, so I did read that. Um Oh, yeah, Miss Marvel! Yeah, I picked that one up too. The new Miss Marvel title—I haven't read it yet, but I did pick it up. Um, thank you. Look, it's Al Ewing doing Thor. Um, come on, it's great. Uh, it's kind of—it's kind of a setup issue. It's a lot of setup, but they're setting up some really interesting ideas. Um, there is kind of a, a learning curve because Al Ewing is friends with Donny Cates, so he was privy to what Donny Cates was doing on Thor, mm-hmm. and I dropped off about the not when Donny Cates dropped off Thor, because for those of you who don't know, he got in a major car accident and got a divorce and um, stopped writing his Marvel comics. Actually, stopped writing all comics. Yeah. For a while. Um, And so, like, I I just kind of fell behind. So there is kind of a learning curve because I I was not, I don't know where that run ended. Go ahead.
0: I was going to say, you should continue to read it because the person that got is really, really good. Incredibly good.
2: Yeah. uh, Torren... Korn... i
0: don't remember the name but it's like a cool like icelandic name yeah uh, but yeah they're they're uh, people really seem to really respond to that run uh, i didn't read all of it i stopped a couple issues before but people i was really really enjoying it, it is it is not the key on donny gates thing but it is a continuation and it is really really good
2: yeah so so um but either way they 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 introduced some really cool stuff if you're like if you look alioing knows mythology so like if you're interested in norse mythology there's some really cool deep cuts that i really appreciated really good book uh besides just read to read more of that oh yeah the last thing I want to mention is that I read another comic book called uh, Godzilla Rivals Space Godzilla, uh, which was yes. an IDW one shot uh, written, written and drawn. This is the first time he's ever written anything by Matt Frank, who's been drawing Godzilla comics for ever. Um, yeah. Incredible artist. I love his I love his Godzilla work a lot. And he did he wrote a story of Space Godzilla. That might that. Uh, might take place in the far future or just before godzilla versus space godzilla it's kind of ambiguous um but it's really it's it's really it's it's drawn beautifully and it's mostly silent because the there's a um there's a narration that's running through of this prophecy of what space godzilla is going to do to this alien planet and the aliens aren't um aren't uh translated so you don't really know what they're saying but you kind of get the gist of it because it's pretty simple to follow i like that um it's gorgeous. His Godzilla looks great. So his Space Godzilla looks great. Um, it's got a really funny ending. Um, I I really liked it. I I only bring it up because I want to put eyes on it. I want people who probably don't read the IDW Godzilla books because, like, you know, hey, that's okay. Like, they're licensed comics, and people people have a bad opinion of licensed comics this is one issue it's just a one shot it's beautifully drawn obviously because it's matt frank and it's great to see um and, and it's great to see him kind of stretch his legs with this writing with, with writing he's he's in it, it i think it's a it's a solid debut i just want people to check it out oh yeah love it um all right shall we uh no i know ben um <laughs> You have a you have a Ben Ben real quickly uh, just like says he has an out. So he will he will bail a little little later in the episode. No Um, problem. All right. Shall we move into our bread and butter then? Let's get into it. Um, We have some sad news up top.
1: A lot of sad news, actually.
2: Jamie Christopher who is an assistant director for uh, a, quite frankly, a lot of films, starting with alien three was his first project and his ant man three was his last project.
0: Yeah, um, a lot
2: of he was the, he was the the assistant director on many Marvel movies, including the guardians of the galaxy films. Um, a lot of he was most of the Harry Potter films, I believe. I don't think all of them, but most of them, if not all a um, lot of, a lot of, a lot of movies. Uh, he passed away. People had nothing but great things to say about him. Star Wars. So in Star Wars, um at the age of 52 however 52? Yeah, 52 52 not not Damn, he was working young yeah uh 52 to the heart complications so that sucks Damn.
0: yeah
2: people uh assistant director is an important job those directors can't do
0: everything themselves they need assistance so i guess that is important that's that's a shame he worked on a lot of great stuff
2: yeah robert clane who is the screenwriter for weekend and bernie's and the writer director for the second film weekend and bernie's too um, and National Lampoon's European Vacation, as well as other things, obviously. Um, yeah. He passed away at the age of eighty-one due to kidney failure.
0: Damn, We Got Bernie's is is an all-time classic. That movie is hilarious, hugely funny, and I'm surprised that's a movie that has like hasn't been remade. That feels like one of those movies that like you get the newest comedians who are up and coming, and then like a, a someone's famous... someone's getting ready to do it about Mitch McConnell, <laughs> the political weekend version.
2: <laughs> weekend in Mitch's.
0: Oh, I shouldn't. That's me. I shouldn't do
1: that. Starts coming
3: out to congressional hearings. Couple security guards, sunglasses, right
2: here. <laughs> I'm sorry, you know, I Ryan. Bad
0: if he wasn't a ghoul,
2: right? Like, I I don't care. He's a he's a he's a ghoulish human being who shouldn't be in office. So yeah, I don't care ghoul. if he. He's having a. Is he having? A, is he having strokes? Good. Anyway, hopefully they're poopy.
1: What if they? What if Weekend Images does super well? Did they make the sequel? Was Weekend at Diane's for Diane Feinstein?
0: Mm. <laughs> yeah, but she's got a direct write right.
1: <laughs> anyway, so as you know,
2: there's way too many old there's way too many old people in politics who shouldn't be in politics anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, Nathan Lewis Jackson, who is a producer for Luke Cage and SWAT a couple of things and not many things uh, because he was only 44 when he passed away That's oh. way too young. Um, it's SWAT. That like 20 years again. old. It was produced in the early twenties. That's crazy. The new SWAT. The new SWAT.
0: Oh, there's a TV show version. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. Yeah, that makes more sense.
2: Okay. Uh, the the, t- the TV show, David Boreanaz,
0: I think.
2: not remember. Uh, but yeah, he was only forty-four. So heart complication. That 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 sucks. Yeah. That's way too young, dude. Yeah. Rest in peace. Jimmy Buffett, uh, legendary country singer Jimmy Buffett, Margarita Bill, creator himself passed away at the age of 76 due to just skin cancer.
0: Damn. Uh, pull one out. Uh, there's a great video that recently came out by the two YouTubers, um, Ted Nivison and Eddie Burback, and they went I to know, every I single know. Margaritaville in the United States. Mm-hmm. It's a great video. The vibes there mm-hmm. are, I've never been to one. The vibes are way cooler than I expected. Um, what a weird, what an interesting career choice. You're a famous singer, and they're like, I'm going to open up a restaurant that focuses on margaritas. And I, they only play my music all day long
1: yeah i've i've been to the margaritaville in orlando florida at the city walk in universal yeah. down there and it is it is definitely a vibe the margaritas the margarita i had was pretty good um this this is a bummer because jimmy buffett i mean look say what you will about the dude's music the dude was a constant vibe of like flip-flops nice comfortable t-shirts and yeah. delicious drinks in your hands he yeah. was. Like cheeseburger in paradise, Margaritaville, um, just all those classic songs is like you hear those It's like I want to go to a beach. I just want to be in the sand with a beautiful, with a delicious drink in my hand, or and I just water, and I just want to chill. So, or or Jurassic Park, yeah. So Ben, we've talked a lot about singers who passed away,
2: singers that don't. I'm not a big music guy, so like I, I'm not. It doesn't really affect me as much. Hmm. This is the first week I feel like that we have two that actually really affected me because i love oh, jimmy yeah. buffett i love oh yeah I didn't know that. i'm that. i a huge jimmy buffett fan i did not um, know this yeah uh many people don't because i don't really talk about my country my country uh my country era um i i was hugely into country music when i was when i was in uh, high school and i'm still a fan of many of those um those singers alan jackson um zach brown band uh, uh jimmy buffett i love them
1: you're an alan um, jackson fan too
2: i am an alan jackson wow fan. i learned I'm, something I disagree with you guys about. It. It's crazy. Um, I <laughs> we disagree on quite a few things. No, I'm, I'm, right just,
0: right. I'm just I've never heard you guys talk about country music. That's so funny. I,
2: I I love country music. I'm a I'm a big country music fan. And uh, Alan Jackson and Jimmy Buffett have a cover of, five, of five, somewhere, which I think is incredible. Um, Zach Brown band and uh, Jimmy Buffett have a song uh, "Toes in the Water," um, I, that I love. I, I, oh, I got my toes in the water. Uh, i listened to this, i was listening to this song this morning um i so like this this like i was really i was really upset cuz i yeah. really love Jimmy Buffett um and so so uh, I, I have i have his album i i, no, I don't own his albums but I, like i listen to his albums a lot uh, on spotify and things like that so um this was this was a huge bummer for me um uh, rest in peace cuz i yeah, I, yeah. That, that's awesome. well, I bet
0: you margarita villas were popping this week
2: yeah, I mean oh, they yeah. were like I work right right next to one. Yeah,
1: um, uh, I can only imagine that when Jimmy ascended to the heavens, he went to the place called Margaritaville. They handed him margarita, and he's like, "I'm actually gonna have a cheeseburger in paradise." And I gotta did say,
0: tired of margaritas after a while though.
1: No,
2: <laughs> I choose to believe he did not. Um, and like, fr- frankly, he's got the best cameo in all of J- in the entire Jurassic Park franchise. Of course he when does. He, when he just picks up two margaritas and runs away from the pterodactyls, like it's incredible. It's an incredible and I love moment. When they
0: don't make a big deal about it either.
3: A franchise yes. known for its cameos, <laughs>
2: right? I mean, that's what I meant. That that it's not hard, but like it's an incredible moment in Jurassic World that's so damn memorable. Um, and they don't make a big deal out of it. That is Jimmy Buffett, but it's really great.
1: Honestly, because of this news, because I when I found out about this, I I was bummed. Um, it actually did kind of make me want to go to a Margaritaville and have a margarita. Just, I, get 15% I mean, I know it sounds What's up? I get 15% off if you want to go. I, I'm willing to go. Now, I know it's, well, it's, it's like, how, an excuse am I, to drink. <laughs> you don't have to twist my arm. But even, I'm not like, I wasn't the biggest fan. But every time I did hear Jimmy Buffett's on, my reaction isn't, oh, i will be like, oh, sweet Jimmy Buffett. It was, I, I enjoyed the music and it is a bummer because i as far as i can tell there wasn't a he was one of those singers that everyone just liked he was a cool guy and i think it is really cool that he turned that one song into essentially a giant um into a giant uh um entertain not in, maybe an entertainment empire but a giant restaurant empire that has restaurants all around the country and like Ryan, I watched that video too. I watched both of their of their videos of them go into Margaritaville and the Rainforest Cafe, and I'm surprised at how many like hotels there are for Margaritaville. Yeah, it's that's nuts. Surprising.
0: He really he's like he's a hotel franchi- franchiser too. Like he got it, he got that business down.
2: Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So this was a this was a huge bummer for you. as well as Steve Harl. Harwell. Harwell. Oh. Sorry, Steve Harwell, the lead singer for. Go ahead. Sparks. I was just gonna say it was a bummer for Grayson too. Mm -hmm. Oh, I can't see the comments uh, because I'm on a different page. Sure, sure.
1: Yeah, Grayson says, ran from my kitchen. Country, he grew up on that, and losing Jimmy Buffett did hurt. Rest in peace, Jimmy.
2: I, uh, yeah. I'm a a big country guy. Before I got really into metal, I I was really into country, which is the odd as hell uh, trajectory, I understand, but like... That's
0: so interesting.
2: It's it's what happened. Trade a steel
0: Um, guitar for some screams.
2: Yeah, um... So Steve Harwell, uh, the lead singer for Smash Mouth, uh, passed away at the, uh, the age of 56, a day after he suffered liver failure. Uh, we kind of knew this was happening because he was hospitalized for liver failure on, mm-hmm. I believe, Sunday it was. And then on Monday, he passed away. Um, yeah, once again, like not, I was not a big Smash Mouth fan. Frankly, I don't really know many people this day who were. But man, back in the 90s, holy shit, well, Shrek, yeah. Shrek, that 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 got them really big. It was Digimon the movie. Excuse the me. Movie. No. <laughs> no, no. Uh, I, go ahead. I ben.
1: I remember when. Uh, do you guys remember like the early days of now? Now that's why I call music. Oh yeah. Yes. My my dad would buy because my dad had like the first five CDs of those. Like every year we would buy the new one, awesome. and Smash Mouth was on the very first one and. That was, for my brother and I, that song was on repeat. We loved that song.
3: I was going to say, I, I want to contextualize history because, like, as Brandon said, like, people will attribute that it, it Shrek is, you know, what made them, or or whoever said it, Shrek is what made them popular, but it wasn't. All Star was popular on its own. It was a one-hit strength. Mm-hmm. Shrek made it immortal. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. it, it was already popular at the time. That's why it was in Shrek, but... But Shrek carried it into the future
0: generations in a way it wouldn't have otherwise. Guess what Guess. number? Now that's what I call music we are on.
1: 72. Hundred. 87. Brandon. It's 87. Oh. Holy oh. shit! <laughs> on the on money.
0: Look at the that. 25th anniversary.
2: Do I win anything? Nope. Damn. <laughs> um <laughs> all right. So yeah, um, yeah, I uh look, yeah, All Star uh is an incredible song. The 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 things that I have forgotten in order to keep the entire uh, every single lyric of All Star in my head for the rest of my life yeah. um, is, is is crazy. Um, it's in Digimon, the movie. It's in, it's in. Um, but like, I, you know, we all had that one album uh, that that had All Star on it. Um, but it was my favorite. I'm going to I'm going to bring something up that, that's going to like throw you guys in the past. It was my all time favorite hit clicks
0: yeah um for <laughs> those of
2: you who may not know hit clicks was uh this the little tiny like square little little tiny square keychains that you put into little little mp3 players well they weren't mp3 players at the time um little little things and they played like a verse and a half of a song pretty much it was not the full song. Yeah, like 30 song. seconds like 30 seconds of a song and i listened to the all-star one all the time i had in sync i had backstreet boys i had um i was a big boy band guy when i was a kid too um, mm-hmm. uh, Britney Spears mm-hmm. song, "Oh Baby, Baby," "Hit Me, baby.
1: Baby, baby, One More Time."
2: "Hit Me, Baby, One More Time." I had that one. Um, and they were they were on a keychain, and I had the little lapel one that you can hold on to the thing. It was probably the size of an iPod Nano. Um, I had the little boombox one, but I listened to the All Star one all the time. I even like uh Shrek Two. They have a song called "Accidentally in Love," which I think is really mm-hmm. great. Like legitimately, um, that's I that's really... Counting Crows.
1: It is, it's Counting Crows. And so it said,
0: "What's the problem, baby?" That's Counting Crows. I promise you. Is it covered by Smash no, Mouth? No, that's or? just a Counting Crows original.
1: Do I they, they? Doesn't Smash Mouth? Um, do they cover? I know Smash. It? I know Smash Mouth does a cover of a, a famous song. Do they cover "Live in La Vida Loca"? No, they cover "I'm a Believer." Yeah, that's the one. They cover that's that the one. one. Is that that's in? The, I thought that was Shrek Two. I thought that was Shrek One. That was that Shrek, is one, Shrek yeah.
2: one. Well, was, they have a song in in, in Shrek Two. It's not accidentally in love.
3: That is like are a thing. Are you sure it's song. not?
2: Are you One, sure it's not covered by them?
3: One thousand percent.
2: Can someone look at that, please? Because like I'm pretty sure that there is a Smash Mouth song in Shrek Two. Ben, are you um, on it. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Anyway, uh, Steve Harwell. He unfortunately, um, he had a kid that passed away, and that sent him down a really sad, tragic uh, road of alcoholism. And alcoholism is awful. I dealt with alcoholism a lot in my twenties. Uh, unfortunately, that was something that he dealt with. In that's his, what
2: the his that's older what life happened with the liver failure. The, the, mm-hmm. the alcoholism led to the liver failure.
0: Yeah. Um. And um. Unfortunately, like the last couple of years, he's been doing a lot of like live performances where he's been like blackout drunk and like people are making fun of him not knowing that he was sick. Um. And I was mm-hmm. one of those people. Like I saw a video of him just like blackout drunk, just mumbling, and I'm like, "What's this guy doing? He's crazy!" And it's like, yeah, it's because he's he's sick and he's sad and he's drunk. And I'm like, that's awful. It's really awful. It's yeah. really a bummer. Um. Uh, he definitely like Smoth, Smash Smashmouth is not like one of the you know all timers, but like that song is an all timer. Like that is that will be that will be a famous song for all time.
2: Yeah. Um. But yeah. So that uh, 56. Uh, as Ryan said, the alcoholism led to the liver failure. That it's too young, 56 yeah. years old. No matter where, you, no matter who you are, it's too young. Yeah. True. That. Okay. Uh, Ben, do you have the uh? Do you have the answer to our so question.
1: far, the only song I'm seeing that they covered was I'm a Believer. So is, so this, so they, they don't have a song on
2: Trek 2 soundtrack then?
3: No, there is no Smash Mouth song in Trek 2.
2: All right. Yeah, egg on my face. Well, let's move on then. We have a lot to get through in regards to the strike. Uh, so the WGA and SAG-AFTRA have been on strike for, what's WGA at? 125 days last count? I think couch? it's higher than that. 130 days might- maybe? I think so. A lot of days. Um, well, a lot of days. It's over 100, uh, clo- it's a hundred. It's probably we're near hundred and fifty, and we're not slowing down. This isn't stopping anytime soon, guys. Um, the there was a um, uh, there was a proposal that the AMPTP gave, just to kind of update you guys, uh, just to kind of give you guys the the quick recap. The AMPTP, the AMPTP gave a proposal. WGA countered that proposal, and then nothing. Nothing has happened since um except for a lot of quite little things so um a couple of things was revealed we actually knew this in 2020 but it has been taking new shape during the strike which is that one of the big things that the wga and sag after are asking for are streaming residuals streaming famously does not give residuals except in germany um this is infrastructure that netflix already has we even talked about uh, sparks i believe you mentioned france france France, um, they they can track the viewing um, the viewing data in, in France, and of course Germany. And this is because the EU, the European Union, um, mandates this. It is it, it is it is a law. It is law there. So it was revealed, it was kind of resurfaced this uh, uh, this past couple of weeks uh, that Netflix um, has the infrastructure in place to to pay royalties because they do it in Germany already. So. What does that mean? It means they're full of shit, frankly. Because again, we like we've talked about it before, but like
0: yeah. they cannot reveal what the real numbers are because they're going to be phony in either direction.
3: Well, and everybody's pointed out that like either it's one of two things, which is like they have so much more money than they're saying they do. Yep. Or it's the reverse, yep. and that the streaming services are are bankrupting them, and if they had to pay residuals, it would bankrupt them all.
2: Yep. Yes um and we'll get into we'll get into a little bit more about that a little later um so oh this is actually it's kind of in a weird order so i'm just i'm just kind of like throwing out like um because again these were like small bits things that have been coming out during the strikes um so the the there the dga has a uh an election coming up to get new board members old ones go out new ones come in it happens all the time um SAG-AFTRA and uh, WGA, I think, currently have um, elections going on right now. Also, or at least SAG-AFTRA does, because I know I know Bex Taylor-Klaus is running for SAG-AFTRA's board.
3: Yeah, I don't. I don't know if the WGA is right now, but yes, to SAG-AFTRA. Yeah.
2: So, 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 a prominent member of the DGA sent out an email to voters: Don't vote in writer-directors, specifically Craig Mason um and um who was the other one i didn't write it down lauren hmm. is she from the butcher no no oh. um this is a guy i forgot I, I forgot his name um but so like prominent writer directors who are part of the dga and the wga the uh, members of the dga do not want them part of the board which is very suspicious it's shitty um, is what it is it's incredibly shitty now so this is coming under a lot of scrutiny because the DGA took a very shitty deal from mm. the A and PTP. Historically, we've talked about this before. The DGA, like many members of the DGA, were willing to strike. But and by the way, this is Directors Guild of America. I don't know if I mentioned that. Um, many members of the DGA were willing to strike. However, the um, the the higher ups of the uh, the membership took the deal that was given to them. The first deal, they didn't even negotiate. They were like, "Great, this is what we want. We'll take it." And since then, they've come under a lot of scrutiny. Now, what's happened is, is, the DG, is members of the DGA no longer have faith in their union. This is incredibly important because this is why I bring this up, because uh, a similar thing has happened with IATSE. Um, IATSE has been in um, negotiation. A similar thing could happen. Not Sorry, this hasn't happened with IATSE, but a similar thing could happen with IATSE, the WGA tag after There uh, are many contracts up right now for various entertainment unions um, for people to get higher wages. For example, IATSE, the union that I'm that I'm uh, that I have entered, I've working at Universal Studios, I've entered the union, IATSE. Um, they uh, have been waiting for a significant price raise, a significant wage increase um, a, a, for minimum wage in uh, in Los Angeles for uh, theme park and hotel employees, and uh, th- so negotiations have stalled because they've been waiting for that. The gov- the, the LA city government has indefinitely tabled that vote and we'll, they'll not going to vote on it. It's not going to happen. Uh, they got scared and this was a significant price increase, uh, wage increase. Sorry. Um, Uh, And now it's not that's not going to happen. Like, it's
3: I want to clarify just because I think, no offense, you've just been kind of trying to find your way through explaining the information. So I want to be clear. Mm -hmm. LA city government not related to the contract with IOTC was going to vote for a higher wage increase in the LA area. And that is now not going through because they're getting scared, which is why IOTC is going to move forward with their individual negotiations because they weren't going to fight for their wage increase as hard in their union contract if LA as a whole was increasing the wage. Yeah, I just yes. wanted to be clear for everybody.
2: Yes, thank you. Sorry about that. Um, my, I'm my bad. Uh, but but Sparks put that very elo- eloquently. That is exactly what I was saying. Um, the reason why I was bringing it up is because if IOTC just gave up and just took whatever deal um universal gave them for example then the people of iazi would lose the people the membership would lose faith in that union to support them to uh, fight for them uh and this is what we're seeing with the wga and sac aftra fighting so hard now at this point the wga has fought so hard to get a fair deal that if they take anything less the membership will lose faith in that in that union and they know that which is why the strike isn't ending anytime soon because it's incredibly important to keep the union strong, which is right. also why the AMPTP has been trying to make his Trump been trying to weaken the union to no avail. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see what's next. Um, anyway, so nobody, nobody likes the DGA anymore. That's basically what happened. Um, especially because this was, this was not was a leak this kind of, um, this kind of idea that, um, you know, don't vote in writer-directors because they're going to want a better deal. They're going to make a stink in three years, essentially, when the next deal is up. And they're like, no, 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 no. The DGA has often been, has been started, uh, a lot of members of the DGA, the WGA have been calling the DGA, like, um like, they're the ones who are, like, the most buddy-buddy with uh, the A&PTP. Yeah. And, strangely enough, not the Producers' Guild. The Producers' Guild is, like, all four of these strikes. They're, like, ready to go so
3: it's it's because like hand over fist like in general directors are in the majority um getting the the most benefits of above the line stuff not every Mm -hmm. producer necessarily is Mm -hmm. and honestly producers everyone else doing better helps producers do their jobs but directors it's not as directly relevant yeah that's a good point um See, you know how much easier it is for producers to get people onto projects if everybody wants to do it because they're being paid what they're supposed to? <laughs> people
0: people want really to work. That's the thing. No matter what industry, like people want to work and get paid.
2: Like, well, you see, a lot of people. I follow a lot of writers on 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 Twitter right now. Um, mm-hmm. Then they're like, "I've got plenty of things. I can't wait to get back to. Like, let's do this. Like, let's. We want a fair deal because I want to work. I want to do this job." We talk about this all the time with um the minimum wage right like the point of the minimum wage like it was sorry not the point of the minimum wage scratch that it's you should be here to you you should want to work and it's easier to want to work if you're making a living wage because if you're not if you're struggling through a job where you're not making a living wage ben smiling because well, ben you make more than all of us um and, and so like like the the thing is like it, it's gotten to the point where you should want you, you should you should you should work you should what is it you should work to live you should live to work not work to live is that, mm-hmm. is that that's the what saying?
3: they that's what they want they want you to live to work but but you want to work to
1: live
2: yes mm-hmm. thank you um, because like if you're if 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 if, I, if, I, if that wage increase had happened oh my god you know how happy I'd, I'd be to go into work every day yeah but minimum wage hasn't caught up with inflation, especially the inflated the the ridiculously um what's the word I'm looking for? Um artificial inflation that happened during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not even I I wanna remind everybody it's it's not even
3: the pandemic. Remember that inflation happened because of the invasion of Ukraine mm-hmm. and that right, beefed yeah. up a whole bunch of stuff warrantedly, but everybody was afraid because they knew they weren't gonna pull the prices back down when they could, which they could which is why gas is still so stupid high.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And again, the money is there. It is just not going to the right people's pockets. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, the CEOs who make up the AMPTP, So uh, the, the, I think um, one quoted the thin skinned Bob Iger um, are, uh, what's the word? Stunned that the WGA hasn't accepted the deal that they were handed, um, which isn't how negotiations work. By the way, like that's just not how that works.
0: Well, when you're a rich dummy, like you just think, yeah.
2: But theoretically, you, you got rich because you made negotiations, so you should know better. You you, you really would think.
3: You really would think. Yeah. You, it, again, we go back to Bob Iger. I'm stunned that you aren't as smart as you appeared to be up to this point. It's not that I thought you were a better person, but I definitely thought you were a smarter he person. He definitely, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But no, he's just, just showing him. his whole ass.
1: All of it. Quick, like, I'm just. I just think back to when it was announced that Bob Iger was coming back as CEO of Disney, and how many people were like, "Thank God, get Chapek out of there." Well,
3: here's the thing. Were, we here, here's here. the thing. Here's the thing. <clears throat> I would rather it was Chapek uh, Like at now? this point, yeah. only because like it would be, it would it would be like a a, a slapstick comedy amount of like <laughs> it would be adapt- like, adapt- like everything adapt- like falling hard. apart like. Honestly, he'd probably have to make the deal because he'd be in panic mode at this point. Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. But uh, Iger is a little too shrewd. Yeah. But the thing is, like, outside of the strike circumstances, right? Iger's 100 better than what like Chepeck was. Chapek was screwing up left and right. Um. And we're still seeing the ramifications in that job space because of things he did. Uh. Yeah. It's true.
2: <laughs> CEOs um, are dumb. CEOs are dumb. Um. Someone put it's like if you're that rich there should be like a a, like a iq limit for richness like if you're Mm -hmm. under a certain iq you shouldn't be this rich um Mm -hmm. right we're seeing that with with elon musk right now with twitter i was like that dude's actually smart but he's also dumb so
3: he's
1: he's not
2: that smart though like actually
3: i I just
1: think
2: i just think in the same
3: way that like (laughs) in the same way that our nation shouldn't be a a two-party system and we should we should do more work to get rid of that idea um Mm -hmm. because it's not in the constitution or anything um uh, in the same way of that, CEOs shouldn't be a singular one-person position. Yeah, there should mm-hmm. be a, a, a board, and there should not be no one singular entity person above a board. There should be at least two to six people who are in control of like major companies. It should be like
0: a this. quiet council from representations from every yeah. Season. If your business,
3: if your business is over a certain size, there should be a collection of people so yeah. that you can have more diversity in the room, in theory. Um, mm-hmm. but then, you know, it's not all on the shoulders of one egomaniac. True. Sure.
2: Yeah, exactly. Um, so the WGA is encouraging, right now the WGA released a statement encouraging member studios of the AMPTP to, if the AMPTP will not come back mm-hmm. to negotiate the, the, the counter proposal that the WGA gave, then they are, then they are re- uh, requesting that member studios sp- abandon the AMPTP and make the deal on their own, which certainly—that's how this ends, right? Like, there's no other way this continues with the AMPTP. They've screwed up this badly.
3: Someone's gonna fall out of the line. Someone's gonna I be did... like, "I need to get back to work."
2: One of these
0: CEOs eventually is gonna go paramount. Paramount. Paramount.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, odds are best that it's Sony.
0: Yeah, sure. Sony
3: has no stake in the streaming wars. That's yeah. true they could make this and they could be moving on with their shit very quickly. Yeah.
1: I would. Sorry, believe. I... Go ahead, Ben. No, I was just, I was laughing because of Dan's, uh, comment. It's like, business should only be only be run by a shadowy council of dark silhouettes on a screen. Yeah.
2: Give me, yeah. Give me Zele. Give me Zale for every organization. <laughs> but, um, Sparks is absolutely correct. Like, uh, there's been there was a lot of talk in the streaming uh, when the streaming bubble looks like it was looked like it was about to burst that sony had essentially won the streaming wars. all they had to do was make stuff and sell it um you, you know and 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 they were doing regardless of what you think the quality of those films were um those films the tv shows were like they were making they were probably in a better position here and sparks is right if any studio were to do it it would probably be them Were you going to say something else, Sparks?
3: No, I was going to say, like, you know, that they, they pay their residuals.
2: <laughs> like That's true.
3: They can they can just, they can move on from this real quick if they want to be like, you know what? AI is probably not worth this fight. <laughs> just, Definitely. sure. Definitely. Here we go. Yeah. And once you have one break, then the rest of it looks that That's, a, that's the
0: trend it's been. You wait for one shitty CEO to do something and then the rest follow. So it'll be the opposite too. Once someone, so once someone submits... They're like oh we can't we can't actually win this even though we thought we could for some reason because nobody nobody wants to be first until all of a sudden they realize first
3: last be the best
0: possible position be and
3: last. then everyone's gonna be afraid of being last
2: Yep. It, it's so interesting because like all these and there's been a lot of talk about this on Twitter obviously because you know this is the talk of the town right now which which is that these studios chased Netflix off the cliff chasing that Netflix money chasing that Netflix back and and now the amptp whose only job by the way is to say no to unions to make sure that unions don't get what they want that's the only reason why they exist um it 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 is so weird to me it's so weird that like these studios are looking at netflix and amazon and um whatever whoever else i don't even know who's out there um and, and saying like yeah we we want the exact same as them they're all competitors they are all competitors with each other. Why is this one deal? Why is this why are they chasing the this this collapsing business model that they decided was was worth imploding the industry and not just saying, you know what? Let's 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 back out, let's make our own deal and let's get back to work. Because they're stupid. Yeah. Because they're stupid.
0: And they've they've now lost. Way more money than than what we were off when that they were, what what people were asking for, right? They lost five hundred million when they asked for fifty. And but again, it, it's only going to get worse,
3: right? Like contextually, probably what the reason that they're doing this is that it's either they are going to have to pay way more out of their profits than they want to, yeah, and their profits are quite high, which means the residual payments are going to be quite high, and mm-hmm. that's what we're going to find out, yeah. Or it will bankrupt them, yeah to do it it's yes they have the money to do it like this year but the year after year if we see the numbers yeah might mean that either they're going to be like significantly paying out pocket or they're going to go bankrupt
2: yeah the wga put a part of the statement that the wga put out stated that one ceo is, is for making this deal because they said this doesn't affect <clears> our <throat> bottom line at all let's just sign this deal and be done with this um and now that we've talked about it i'm willing to bet that was sony I'm willing to put money on that, honestly. Anyway. <clears throat> um, the AMPTP, however, is in major crisis mode. We talked about how they how they hired a PR firm. By the way, their first thing the PR firm did was put up this this beautiful puff piece about Carol and or whatever the hell her name was, which was the funniest shit I've ever read in my life. Um, which was like, not necessarily a background actor. Blah, blah, blah. Whatever. Man, we don't give a shit. She's bad guy number five to us. They're um, <laughs> all bad guys. Uh, and, and anyway, so the AMPTP released a statement like the member studios are united in this fight, and we none of one's gonna blah blah blah. Guys, you haven't changed the logo since the '60s. Like, <laughs> no one gives a shit about you anymore.
0: Yeah, it's it's gonna be a it's gonna be a continuously long fight, but it's like it's one of those things where like we 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 know that the stu- the studios are gonna lose. Like we know we're gonna eventually win. It's just like how how much money are you willing to lose? Before you just give up. That's the real question. And how much deeper are you willing to put the industry in a hole? hundred percent. Because like it like it sparks about it before, but like the stock, like the people, the investors and the people in the, the stock market, like they're the ones who are controlling these big CEOs. So like once they are unhappy, then it's really in trouble. And that might not be until next year, but like, we're not giving up until next year. So like, they're just going to, they're going to lose billions of dollars by the time this is done. And that's excellent.
2: And again, this is the thing that like, you know, the, the WGA and no. know that if they cave to anything that's not a, the perfect deal, essentially the fair deal, then their members will never trust them again. Yeah. We're looking at a labor movement that is so unprecedented right now <laughs> that the only way this ends is with us labor winning. This like, is there the is no way, way this this ends, ends this ends other any other way. Heads of industry
3: and in other parts of like, totally unrelated to film business are getting pissed because they're like, ah, oh, you're making them, you're making them unionize. You're making them want to do this.
0: Yeah. Everywhere. Yeah.
3: You're screwing it up for everybody. I watched
0: the video where Waffle House, they're going to start to try to unionize because everyone in the South and Waffle House, they get paid, like, incredibly low wages and, like, people love Waffle House. I used to love Waffle House. I'm like, those people get paid, like, seven bucks an hour. Like, hell yeah, dude, everybody deserves money.
1: I also heard that automotive workers, they're going to start trying to unionize and they're thinking oh, about yeah. doing a strike <laughs> oh, as well. yeah. Which yes. is, uh, like... Like we were talking about hot labor summer. Hot labor summer, I mean, we're, I mean, September is still technically summer, even though everyone says, oh, September's the start of fall. That's later. But hot labor summer is still kicking and screaming, baby. Let's go. Well, the thing is, like, there's a lot, there's a lot of uh,
3: contracts that go up in the next couple of years across the board. Like Teamsters is next year, all, yeah, all yeah. these kinds of things across uh, all these different areas. Uh, Teamsters w- was with UPS earlier this year, but Teamsters in different divisions, specifically with theme parks, um, is going to come up next year. So, there's a lot of opportunity for a lot of unions to do a lot of shit. Hell yeah.
2: Mm -hmm. This is why the CEOs are being so stubborn, right? Because they know if they give a fair deal to at least one of these unions, then everyone will demand the same. It's almost like our government should be
3: addressing the fact that living wage and inflation are a problem, but they're not saying anything about it.
2: Interesting, isn't it? Um, right. Um, actually maybe i want to do this one last no um there's a couple of disney stuff here um we'll get into because disney obviously bob Iger. um any former and present disney CEOs, as uh, not ceos uh, executives um believe that bob Iger is getting ready to sell disney to apple and norm i've been i've been resisting putting this on the news for weeks months even this has been a persistent rumor since he came back but now, now it looks like we're starting to see flames on this one. And I just wanted to know what do you guys think about this one? There's no, no.
3: world where the FTC lets this happen. Yes, that's
2: no. that's my thing. I, Bob Iger may want to do it, but I'm sure he does. I'm 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 one hundred percent. No, I'm not one hundred percent. I'm like eighty percent sure at this point because, like, for a while, I was like, "There's no way. There's no way. There's no way." Now I'm like eighty percent sure that he does want to do this, but. Uh, the 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 FTC cannot allow this to happen, um, or they shouldn't allow this to happen. More than that, though, I'm gonna bring this back to the strike. I'm gonna kind of contextualize this back to the strike. Like, they should be looking at these conglomerates anyway and start splitting them up. Like the they should never have let that Fox deal happen. Like, what for for one, that Fox if, deal should if, never have gone through.
3: This is the thing is that like I I kind of again like I don't know Bob Iger might truly be dumb, but uh. Hmm a lot of his past history indicates to me that like he has to know he can't give wholesale all of Disney to Apple. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I would believe that he's going to try and sell pieces of the like what Warner Brothers was doing. Yeah. Uh, Like, well, like here's Hulu and Fox Mm -hmm. Apple have it. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, But that's not Disney. That's not Marvel. That's not Star Wars. That's not all this other stuff that Disney that's not Pixar. Yeah. yeah, All of that stays Disney. Yeah. Because like, Disney, Disney is top of a pile. Yeah, you can't put that top of a pile under another top of a pile. Like it just can't. The whole thing can't move over to someone else. The FTC just won't do it. After I'm the, telling
0: you, the FTC won't do it. After the Microsoft Activision deal, which took months right. to get through, this is a substantially bigger deal. Even if it's being offered, there's not a shot in hell this will ever happen. No, it will ever. Happen. It's it's that is the biggest monopoly of all time. Like truly, like that is that is insane. Uh, That's a world I never want to live in.
2: There's the there's the thing that like. You, you you guys are absolutely correct. I want I just want to I just want to say that like you're you you're right. The, the FTC should should not allow this to happen. Um, but I, I'm curious, what do you guys think? Why do you think, guys think this becomes such a persistent rumor? That's literally been going on for about two years now.
1: Um, I, the, the thing that just goes to my brain is just how much money. Bob Iger could possibly get from Apple because look App- Apple and Microsoft they're like the two most richest companies in the world I mean they're the most powerful tech companies we have I mean your phone is either an Apple or an Android and hmm, true. the fact that Apple already has the fact There's that a- Apple already has like a large ass like a huge reach and to, to me Bob Iger is just seeing how much essentially Bob Iger is turning into a dragon like Jeff Bezos he's like hmm. he all he sees is the horde in his cave of how much money he can get, how much money this will make him, how much—that's all he sees. That to, is my thought. Yeah. To is Sparks' how... point,
0: I actually, yeah. I actually do think the, 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 the selling off smaller things is, is the idea here, because like the less you have to worry about, uh, uh, this seems like a better, a better deal. Like, oh, let's give that streaming service to them. Like, who cares? We, we're Disney. Um, mm-hmm. but like Disney, like Hulu has a lot of stuff. Like Hulu, Hulu and FX, like that's like a whole ass thing. So like.
2: Yeah, that's an give, entire
0: that's what like
3: the entire no, adult if you give, market is. If you give Hulu and Fox over, that see that I can believe. That yeah. I can actually believe. And I can believe that the FTC might let that slide. They shouldn't, yeah. to be clear. They still shouldn't. It should not go to Apple. But um I could see
0: it. But it can't be of the entire chingadera. Like company. the Little
2: Mermaid's not gonna be on Apple Plus. Like that's
0: not that's not something we will ever no. that's not gonna happen. Uh
2: that's a, that's a, here's the thing though. Here's the thing though. Uh, and you guys know i agree with you guys but i do want i do want to caution the the kind of like um the kind of like a uh, uh determination here because like i was saying the same thing when fox when when disney was going to buy fox i was like there's no way this is going to happen there's no way they're going to let this happen it's not happening not happening it happened fox isn't disney fox that was a don't 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 discredit that that was a big deal that was a big deal that should never have happened um I, it, I, is, yeah. it is it is it was. It it is legitimately a huge problem that the FTC let that happen, and I could see them maybe saying like, "We shouldn't let that happen, so we're not going to let this happen." Um, but it did happen, and I wanted. Uh, I just want to caution like next year we could be saying this is happening i just want to caution well, this the, that that's, that this is a possibility
3: this is but like contextually no it, ryan's correct though but like fox and disney are the same thing that was a big deal but this is not just like a studio system that's the parks that's this merchandise Disneyland. like apple can't do it they can't have all of that it's far 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 too much it's mm-hmm. many studios they're not an entertainment many company. many many multiple studios it's more than a single streaming service it's espn it's theme parks uh, it's it's too much. It's just too much. Um, and that is the difference. Like Fox did not have all of those extra attachments. Um, Fox was a big, big thing uh, as a studio and a lot of the things that came with that. But like Disney covers top to bottom so much more than just like visual media. It's mm-hmm. too much. Um, so I just, I don't think those things land in the same context, but also to Ryan's point, like with the FTC, with the Microsoft and Activision thing, that was, I think, a direct response to the Fox deal, where they're like, some things we are not paying enough attention to, and we need to just pay more attention. I just don't think this one will happen, which again, like if he is going to go to bat for this. The only thing I think happens is that he tries to sell a piece of the company. The one that makes the most sense to me would be Fox and Hulu.
2: I think honestly ESPN might be, because that's a huge He <clears> does. <throat> he we we actually we probably know at this point that he does want to sell ESPN. Yeah. So like so selling those
3: off, um, that makes a lot of sense to me that he would try and do that. Uh, but yeah. not the whole, the whole thing. Like it's I what could it's see... too massive. And the other thing is like I think the shareholders or disney would block him like i just don't think they'd let him do it like he can't make that kind of a unilateral decision without their involvement and i just don't think they want it i don't think they want to share all their stuff in the mix with the apple shareholders so i just don't think that would happen but on top of that the main reason i think he's going for it to your point brandon of like why why does this have any validity Bob Iger is going to retire in the near future. And he wants to go out on a, on a good business win because right now he looks like he looks stupid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he went out originally from the Disney company looking very smart. And so now he wants to find something that says like, what a shrewd businessman. Look at that last deal. He closed. He wants to go out with a win.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that would be the win. Um, right. I could see. I To the Fox deal, by the way, it's going back against again, precedent, the, the you know legal, legal battles of precedent. The 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 Fox deal... Fox didn't sell their television networks. They kept that. Right. Um, so, like, I could see... I could see, to Sparks' point, Disney sells everything perhaps but the parks. Keeps the parks on their own. And they just become... They, they start licensing from the parks. And that's how they... I don't think it. they're getting <laughs> rid of Star Wars, dude. Still too much.
3: Especially because, like, in that context... Know. that In that context, everything that they licensed for the parks, they'd have to pay Apple for now. True. Sure. So they wouldn't want to license anything that's in the parks through Apple now.
2: now I do wanna I do wanna I do wanna put it in a little perspective. You guys say that Apple can't do it. Apple can. They've got the capital. They are massive. They make more money than Disney every year. Well, um I don't
3: mean I don't mean that they can't do it in like a financial way. I mean they can't do it in like a that's that's, that's just too much. It's a power. completely different operation mm-hmm.
0: than what they do. They're a tech yeah. company.
2: Now I do want to be clear, I do agree with you guys that this is a bad idea. I'm just saying that they're it's it's hard to discredit at this point because again for literally since he's been coming back this this rumor has been persistent and i've been saying no 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 Uh, and now it's gotten to the point where like even executives are like yeah there's some validity here and i'm I'm not i'm not looking at this like fuck look i'm not at
3: the point where i'm saying like bob iber bob iger isn't stupid enough to try to do it that's not what i'm saying i'm saying the ftc won't let it happen yeah fundamentally the market will fall apart yeah um that's too much it's too big We've talked about, like, what are the big names? Like, when people make jokes about what is going to own everything in the future, it's, it's Disney. Google, Disney, and Apple. It's those three. Maybe Amazon as well, but they, people have talked about Google buying Amazon. So, like, it's it's those three that are at the top of the pile. And my point being, like, if this were Paramount, if this were Sony, if this were Warner Brothers, I'd be like, yeah, i believe that any one of them are going to try and sell all that they have to Apple. 100% totally would buy it.
2: It's, we're pretty sure that pl-
3: it that's just cannot be the entirety of Disney. FTC will not let it happen. The future ramifications on the entire market would be catastrophic.
2: The government doesn't always have the best interest at heart, though.
3: No, I understand that. I'm just saying, like, the this is I think to even to the dumbest people in the FTC, this is a no. There's no way.
2: You're right, and you're right about that. And and I do want I do want to I do want to say that. You know, Bob Iger doesn't care about the market. He doesn't. We've seen this. This is what the strikes are about. He doesn't give a shit about the market. So and, if he wants to do a deal, if he wants to do a deal that will fundamentally destroy the market, he's gonna do it. He doesn't care. Um what's what that's what we're seeing Zaslav do, right? He's he's getting we're pretty sure at this point that he's he's getting the Warner Brothers to sell it. That's what he's doing. Um and so like if it doesn't happen, that'd be great. But like the the it, it very much looks it very much points to that way. So like you're right though, that the FTC, more than that, though, and you're right, that the FTC cannot let this happen. They should not let this happen. More than anything, the FTC's the FTC needs to get in here to the film industry and look at these companies who have become these megaliths, these monoliths, these the but these massive these massive companies and need to start breaking them up. They did this before and they need to do it again.
3: Well, I think and I think that's part of what they're running the risk of them ending up doing because of for
2: yeah. per-
3: prolonging these strikes if they're gonna people are gonna want to look in their books but there's one other factor that makes me convinced that like the entirety of disney the entire company can't be sold to someone else um there are people higher up in the company more like bob Iger is not a single entity who gets to decide every single thing that happens with the company without anybody being able to push back on him we know that there are shareholders and other people who get to say oh, oh, oh bob no um they recognize the fact that Disney is more powerful by itself and in control of itself as a legacy Mm -hmm. just celebrated its 100th anniversary. Disney is a brand and a name. They know, even if they go through bumps and hurdles, they have more power on their name by themselves than letting anybody else have control over it. You, no one would want like no one at that top level, not the people who are going to be like thinking about the future of the company, which clearly Bob Iger might not be, but, the rest of them they understand the concept that disney is legacy disney is brand disney has power in its own name you don't want to sell that power
2: at this point disney is the only company and they have been for quite a while that it doesn't have a parent company warner brothers is discovery now but it was time warner and AT- it was time warner at&t blah, blah blah um uh sony sony is sony but the sony this is a division Sony Pictures is a Sony's a film.
3: studio inside of Sony, but it is just Sony. Yeah,
2: mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but... uh Paramount, Viacom, uh, 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 Universal, NBC, and uh, uh, Comcast owns Universal. That's I was that was the one I was waffling about. Um, and I, it should never have gotten to this point. I don't believe. I don't think it should have ever gotten to this point that these people, because again, these people don't care about the film industry. Truthfully, the film industry is probably just. Um, uh, uh, Just a small margin of what they get uh, from all the other businesses, and again, this is what I'm talking about. With like the FTC needs to come in here and like really start to break these companies up. They've again, they did it before. They did it before when they were when the film industry owned all the movie theaters, Um, and now we're seeing it with the streaming services. That we're probably right back there. They need to come in and start breaking these these companies up because they are they are too big. Uh, And and what we're seeing with the strikes, if they are if if they are unified with this with this strike. The truly which i don't believe that i don't necessarily believe they are then that's a huge problem because our society needs competition or at least that's what everybody says mm-hmm. so you know you you, you break up the fa- you, you create a, you, you um reveal the fallacy in the society if you if you don't essentially anyway
0: mm-hmm. competition is yeah. important
2: yeah then, i, w-
1: I want to say one thing about this whole rumor before i head out to go yeah, do absolutely. um D thing um the second I read, because I was actually uh, kind of chomping on the bit to get to this, was looking through the news. Because this whole thing, yeah, you know, I mean, we all, we are all four of us are in agreement that this idea of Disney selling to Apple is a bad idea. Yeah. It is, even if they, even if they do sell like bits and pieces of it, I'm not even sure if I'm 100% even okay with that. Because, like Spark said, Disney is a legacy. Disney is the parent company. They don't, on, they don't, Uh, answer to anyone else espn abc all the other stuff answers to disney
0: no disney answers to someone his name is mickey mouse
1: that's true yeah but but once again mickey mouse
0: is Disney. Uh,
3: mickey's for his friends his name is michael mouse
1: (laughs) sorry michael we're not yeah we're not i don't know you that Um, way i like even the fact that this is like even a rumor it terrifies me to be perfectly honest, because I am a hundred percent, I a hundred percent agree. No one company should have that large a monopoly, even though Apple has the capital to do it, even if Disney might have the capital to do it as well. It's just so mind bogglingly insane that, bob Iger thinks that this or if anyone thinks that this is a good idea i mean sure this might be a decent business sense but like sparks said the ramifications down the line will be catastrophic and it would also lead to the like brandon said the google microsoft disney owns everything wars
2: well i mean sparks is absolutely correct uh in the sense that like um for and 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 for two things that he said that you that you brought up there real quickly which is that um it's entirely possible that Bob Iger thinks this is a good idea because he wants his like he wants to go out on a win, and this mm-hmm. would be that win for him. Um, and it is also entirely possible that no, I forgot the second point. Apparently, um, let's <laughs> anyway. But uh, but yeah, it, it it's it's we saw we saw what happened. We 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 have seen what happened with the Fox deal. The Fox deal was detrimental to the industry. It it should never have happened. And um, if if. And that, that is not as big as you're correct, uh, Ryan and Sparks, that that, that is not as big of a uh, big of a deal as this would be. So if a deal that that relatively small has already had such negative ramifications for the film industry, something like this could utterly destroy it. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that's why it's probably I, not gonna happen. But I mean
2: but again, but again, as 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 Sparks rightfully said, Bob Iger probably doesn't give a shit. No, and yeah. has only I, cared about his own legacy.
1: Yeah, and even when I said earlier, he the reason why he this might be floating around is because Bob Iyer just sees the big giant horde of gold and he could become the dragon. He wants to go that, out and win. That's the only thing I can see is like how much money this would earn him. This could do we know of like because I we know Apple makes billions of dollars every year, but have they ever broken the trillion dollar mark? I know that's an I don't insane know, I haven't i I haven't, I haven't looked, looked either, but I don't know if any company has broken the trillion dollar mark because holy shiza that is a lot of money um i mean i thought i yeah people have been saying that billionaires shouldn't exist because the fact of having that much money breaks you and even if you were to work an honest job and not spend a single cent from even the 1800s you wouldn't even be close to a billion dollars
2: well but that's a really good that's really good point ben that you bring up the fact that like it it, yeah when you make that much money like that's why bob Iger doesn't care about the industry not that really Uh, he doesn't care about how this I just want to clarify Apple as a company
3: is worth 2.79 trillion dollars oh, oh, three trillion what I'm so, out. so if he, so if you look at it that way he's only Disney eight. Disney is 142 49.27 billion so oh, Apple is more money. than
2: than than a lot, a lot more than uh Disney interesting yeah man iPhones are expensive yeah, and of course um,
1: I'm am I'm, I'm doing this on a MacBook, and I have an iPhone next to me, and I've been what telling Fanny I've been wearing an Apple Watch for a long. I know I'm part of the problem. I'm sorry. No,
2: not here, that, 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 that here or there. What I'm trying to say has been the thing is like when you get this much money, you don't care anymore. Like right. you're 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 not going to you you just do not you just lost touch with reality. So what Bob Iger is probably and again look, this is still a rumor. This is not happening. Right. Um, right. This is still a rumor. Uh, what's probably, ha- what's most likely happening is that Bob Iger only cares about his bottom line, going out on a win, and not thinking about the the future of Disney. And he's not, and he's probably not at this point. He's only thinking about his future. So if he this got brought war- on to fix the problems with the company,
0: he didn't come on to be a creative.
2: So did uh, David Zaslav got brought on to fix the problems with Warner Brothers. 100%. So like these CEOs. They, they get brought on to fix the problem and so they can get their payout. So they can yeah. get their big payout. And then they're out.
3: Uh, uh, so just real quick. So it's yeah. Apple at 2.7 trillion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Microsoft at 2.48 trillion. Yep. Uh, uh, and then Google at 1.7 trillion and Amazon at 1.4 trillion. So Damn. all of them are above a trillion and none of them should own all of Disney. Yeah. Nope. True. True. All
2: right, anyway, let's move oh, on because Ben, uh, yeah, I gotta got got go, my friend.
1: friend. I, I nice gotta right go, now. I gotta go, uh, call Cthulhu, um, and all that stuff, but yeah, uh, I had a I had one thing I was like, I also love how these CEOs were brought on to fix the problem, and they became the problem. True, always the, they were always the problem. They were, they were always the problem. Have a great ben, show, guys.
2: Have a good show, have a good, have a good recording, and where can I find you?
1: You can Take find me at VenMagnet27, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, threads. And you can also find me around right for Old School Gamer Magazine, Fusion Gaming Magazine, go Nintendo.com. And of course, playing Mary Frankenstein. And other cool stuff is coming out from the D and Dark show. So keep an eye out on the D and Dark Twitter feed because we are doing some cool stuff. And I'm really excited to share with all of y'all. And we will be coming back in October. So yay! Have a good day, sir. we will see you later. Have a good one, guys. Also, Godzilla minus 1 looks awesome. I can't wait to see it. I love that show. I love that trailer. Bye. All right. Bye
2: uh that was that was mr ben magnet let's move on uh from this uh lively discussion into more disney r- really um disney's wanted all of hulu uh since they bought fox that was the, their main goal they made a deal with comcast to be able to sell uh, to be able to buy a comcast stake in 2024 at the beginning of 2024 um comcast however is now looking to sell earlier uh so for reference comcast has 33 percent of hulu uh for those of you who may not remember, it's been a while. Hulu used to be owned by four different companies. They used to have, and and when Disney bought Fox, it became three companies. Warner Brothers sold their share just outright to Disney, and Comcast Hulu, was ready Hulu to go. Hulu
3: started by NBC Universal, right? Primarily? I think so. I think so. Yeah, I, I think they were the ones that spearheaded it at the beginning. Let's see.
2: Yeah. Um, I'm not 100% sure. That's why
3: Comcast still has the most of it, because Comcast yeah. bought up that stuff.
2: So they yeah, have uh,
0: Comcast, NBC Universal holding a my, my minority stake.
2: Cool. Uh, so yeah, so NBC Universal uh, still has 33 percent of Hulu, uh, and Disney wants it, wants it bad. They want to own Hulu outright, um, and so they are so they're willing. However, Comcast knows this, uh, and they are they are willing to talk and negotiate for for uh, to to sell the stake earlier than expected, but they're most likely going to play hardball because they know they can get a lot of money from Disney uh from this deal because they know how badly Disney wants this wants the streaming and, service
0: and Disney will probably buy it they'll probably do it cuz they'll they'll get all of Hulu and then like cool now let's sell it
2: yeah um uh, so yeah so yeah so uh this would this would this is why this is important because this would raise Hulu's um uh value to 27.5 billion so basically what that means is they could sell Hulu for 27.5 billion. Um hey guys, I thought streaming wasn't profitable. Yeah. Mm. Uh, also
0: like another big rumor is like oh Hulu is going to raise the price again
2: soon. Oh now that's not a, a, a rumor, week. we
0: talked about the last time.
2: Okay, I know no another like a new one. The 1890 the 1899 was the last one we talked about they're going to raise it again? That's what I saw. They said later this year, this that... Is the, the,
3: is it? This is the same. Thing. Okay, I wasn't sure. They're just they're just letting okay. everyone okay. know again. Like okay. Just, out. This is the sending out the notices it, because okay. it's a month from happening, but it's the okay. same. Okay. Thing, okay. Just so making sure. That's still shitty.
2: I got a little
0: scared. I was like. You can't. Well, no, twenty dollars yeah, is already it, too much. Last time we talked about it, and I just saw somebody on Twitter talking about it recently, so I yeah. thought it was another. We
3: book. were paying attention because we were doing the news. Yes, people got their emails like, "Hey, next month the price increase." Got it. So if you had mm-hmm. an account now, you became aware of it. If you weren't paying attention,
2: eighteen ninety nine is too much for a streaming service that's not going to have any new content soon. That's see, that's a good point because actually, like.
0: We talked about it when we first talked about Hulu's price increase. I'm like I actually do agree with Sparks. Like that's where I watch a lot of my like great adult show like The Bear's on Hulu so like yeah. uh as long as the stuff is there I don't mind paying it but like if there's no new shows in the next 2 years I, I'm not buying I'm not. that's that's a lot.
2: Right. Um Paramount, I'll bring this up I'll bring this up uh further. Paramount is going to raise their price again by the end by the end of this year. They've already raised it once this year. They're going to raise it again. Um
0: That's what I saw. Paramount. Oh,
2: okay. 100% so paramount so paramount is, paramount plus is going to raise the price again by the end of the year and they were like that's how we're going to grow our business but again you aren't going to have anything new coming to your service there's no the the only reason to do this is because you're losing subscribers because you don't have anything new so like what's the there's no there's nothing hey, here there actually, for us anymore it's, it's yeah.
3: actually it's not a the strategy response isn't necessarily like losing subscribers and trying to make up that cost. They're trying to push people to the ad tiers, at least in terms of like the Hulu Disney stuff. We know that's true yeah, because that's they point. want more people on the ad tiers so that
0: they're getting ad revenue.
2: Which means they should follow real TV, regular TV rules and pay your royalties. Um, yeah, that's how they get you. That's how. Yeah. yeah uh but again this is like this is what the fight's for right this is this is what they're fighting for if you're going to be putting ads on these streaming services and getting ad revenue from these streaming services then you should be paying the royalties that you would get normally
3: right. they're just
2: there's these strikes are just trying to fight for what they already had um a- anyway um uh this is actually where i'm going to talk i'm going to talk a little bit about star trek day just because it was terrible um it, this this during the strikes there was this they put out this horrible special about celebrating animation and whatnot uh while not while not acknowledging star trek prodigy because they canceled it um and 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 paramount plus is shepherded by two things star trek and taylor sheridan and neither of which are going to have new anything new coming out in the next couple of years so why what what incentive do i have who likes both of those things frankly to keep going with paramount plus yeah then you put out this insulting special to be like look how great star trek is all right i I haven't
0: i didn't watch it but i have heard people do not like that thing
2: it's freaking awful man awful insultingly so also that's a bummer all right anyway um uh Disney is being sued by the investors for, quote, cost shifting during the Chapek era. Um, this was done in order to hide, uh, apparently, a massive streaming loss. Uh, that was So the projections that they'd never met their, their projections for Disney Plus by 2024. They had a certain thing they were trying to hit. They'd never hit that. Um, and so Chapek moved some things around to make it look like he did. Um, right, because he's a moron yeah. messing with the books. Yeah uh and so disney is so disney's investors are suing uh cool hell yeah
3: and i'm pretty sure people knew he was doing that knew it was going to get them in trouble and that's one of the reasons he was ousted yep but here they are
2: anyway uh stephen colbert jimmy fallon jimmy kimmel seth myers john oliver this is a good thing by the way we've talked about mostly bad things should clarify this is a good thing um uh, john oliver are launching a podcast series about their strike experience uh all the proceeds. For this podcast series are going to go to out of work uh late night staff specifically their their crews obviously so all the money that they make from this is going to their pockets which is
0: nice that's great jimmy fallon needs the good pr right
2: now
3: yeah <laughs> Yep. uh i i'm really excited about everyone on that except for jimmy fallon i kind of wish he just wasn't involved
2: <laughs> yeah i so, actually uh, think
3: more people would check it out if he weren't part of it
2: so fallon fallon had a lot of good pr when the when the strike began because he was he was very openly like paying his staff out of pocket he was just giving money to his staff because he was doing
3: the thing that everyone else in late night was already doing and he didn't want to look like the piece of shit yeah
2: and then it came out that apparently not apparently uh like come on we all knew this uh he had a he has a very toxic work environment for his staff
3: my favorite thing about it is like all of the shitty stories about how he treats his staff are like they're, they're berating and dumb, but they're like dumb in the way that you know Jimmy Fallon is dumb. Yeah. Where he just does things like, oh, is that what you think? Uh, Like, he just does that kind of thing and mimics people's voices back at them and goes, "Ah, loser. And like, that's Fallon. And I'm like, oh my God, he's so fucking lame and stupid. I used to like Jimmy Fallon. Something happened. Something happened to that guy. I don't know what happened. He left SNL, got a night show, and then you realize that actually his talent belonged in being in an ensemble.
0: See, I liked his early stuff too. Like his early, his early night uh, uh, talk show stuff was fun. But I think just like, I don't know what happened. I don't know. Do you feel like you liked him, or you liked who was writing him at the time? I think I liked the way, at least I like the way that he taught. He interacts with guests. Like I don't like him, but I think sure. I think he has fun conversations with guests, especially guests that he is friends with. Uh, there's a good rapport there. Sure. But like, as I've gotten older, like him himself as a comedian doesn't work for me. Uh, I think I just grown out of it. But I remember I really liked him. Like when he it when he first the... got the gig, I really liked it. But then you know, just time.
2: It was the 2016 election that did it. That did him in for me. Uh, oh
0: was... yeah sure
2: hey when at he was... least james corden's yeah. not on this thank god get him out he's
0: gone he is gone he is gone thank he is god. gone
2: <laughs> let's talk about warner brothers discovery. discovery uh in order to uh sow division within the wga they suspended top uh deals Re-
3: just real quick real quick mm-hmm. on that late night thing um it is really funny to me had to have john oliver and seth myers on the same thing with the rest of those guys because i'm like you two are doing something very different from what the rest of them yes. are you're all late night but the, two of you in shit. but the two of you in particular are having actual conversations about things seth <laughs> meyer has
0: honestly become almost like a daily show
3: yes i love Seth. no Meyers. he basically is yeah. he's filled that he's kind of filled that spot so it's like him and john oliver yeah. and like i love colbert but i'm like all of them are a different kind of thing than what you two are doing yeah
2: yeah 100% um all right so warner brothers discovery again in 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 a desire to show division within the wga this is again scare tactics union breaking tactics uh they uh, uh suspended top overall deals with people like greg berlanti bill lawrence uh, mindy kaling and others uh these are those are the big three they had a big deal with greg berlanti uh with, the, like the, these are first look deals first look rider deals where you could you know um e- e- whatever you want carte blanche to develop whatever you want
0: yeah. Berlanti just gave five hundred thousand dollars to the. That was my next fund. thing.
2: So, yeah. in resp- so in response, so in response, it had backfired pretty badly uh, for the for for Warner Bros Discovery because uh, Greg Berlanti, uh put eight hundred thousand dollars to support striking workers. Five hundred thousand went to his staff, um, and one hundred and fifty thousand each went to the Entertainment Community Fund and the Motion Picture and Television Fund, which are helping Bro, striking are just workers
0: just dropping millions. Like yeah. good, what are they, like all of these big celebrities that are doing this? Like that goes to show, like man, rich people can be good. Actually, some of them can be good. <laughs> not not everything Berlanti makes is great, but like
3: Berlanti's a shrewd producer and business person. Mm-hmm. Um, he understands working with people and working inside the industry, and so like I, I'm not surprised, and and like it's a shame that like his he's getting like kicked around uh and so is bill lawrence because of this i don't i don't care that mindy Kaling got kicked around um <laughs> but uh that the other two are getting kicked around is a bit of a bummer
2: yeah yeah um unrelated paul Fig uh also donated a hundred thousand a hundred thousand dollars to the mptp mt mpt the motion picture and television fund um community care fund for a second, brilliant. I was like, and he donated to the AMPTP. I'm like, fuck that guy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wow.
3: <Not> wow.
2: <laughs> so it kind of a smaller number in regards to what um, to what uh, Greg Berlanti is doing. But still, like, this is really great that so, as Brian said, so many big profile people, uh, these names, they are standing in solidarity with their unions, with the people who are striking because they know that they're not striking for them. Yes. They are striking for the people under them.
0: Aaron Paul and uh, Brian Cranston, they're like, I, I don't know about Brian Cranston, but Aaron Paul specifically, he's been striking and people are like, oh, this guy's a millionaire. Why is he striking? He's like, no, because he's a good dude and he understands that when you're a below the line worker, you need to make money.
2: Residual Cranston Brian Cranston's been out there since day one. Yeah.
0: Oh, that's true. Uh, that's right. Sorry. I didn't see him on the same pick line with Aaron Paul, but he has been talking about it. On, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. been yeah. giving speeches. Well, yeah, yeah, because yeah. Aaron Paul's here and Brian Cranston's in New York. Oh, there you go. That makes sense. Yeah. They're, they're not um, all LA natives
2: so yeah this is so again this is really great stuff and, and, and again warner brothers thought this was again this is your crisis pr firm telling you like hey if you suspend these deals these people are going to get scared and they're going to tell the wga hey take that deal and it didn't work and it's never going to work and they need to stop and they need to go back to the negotiating table
0: Again, every single week they're like what dumb thing can we try this week that definitely won't work every week yeah and it's just like yeah y'all are silly
2: uh, Warner Brothers also reported this week that they lied about their $100 million profits. Uh, in fact, they are actually losing $300 to $500 million uh, this year because yes. of the because of the strikes, um, which is way more than what both unions are asking for collectively. Combined. Um, Again, they said
3: this is another one of those things where I go back to what we were talking about earlier, which is
2: like, yes, very clearly,
3: like, you know, what they're asking for on the year-to-year basis, like, they're already blowing it uh this year right now right here it's happening which really implicates like what the heck are we gonna find out about the books in these Mm -hmm. streaming in like these streaming materials if they have to agree to the terms because i don't think it's actually for some of these companies anymore about paying them what they're owed yeah again we have them saving so much conversation about how this is an infinitesimal amount of the amount of money that these companies make yeah the implications of what it would mean beyond legality. I mean, here's the thing. What they're asking for is for these percentages, but but that money is based on a number assumed about the views, but we don't yeah. know what those views actually are. So again, they're either very high or very low, and it's either going to hurt the company in one way or another. And that's the thing that's like, so something is funky There's in crude. the books that
0: they're trying to hide. 100%. Like, and they, yeah. that's the thing, like, they are so far back into the into the wall they have literally nowhere else to go and like the only thing they can do is not lose and they're just going to take as long as they can to not lose because they know they know they're fucked yeah, so yeah. it's just again like how long are you guys going to waste your money for because we're chilling
2: uh sparks echoes what uh wga member duncan crabtree I, uh uh ireland okay. um says which is if i was a wall street analyst i'd be questioning the logic and the approach of these negotiations that the companies are bringing because mm-hmm something's something's not something's not mathing guys uh this is this is this should be an open and shut case but you're being way too stubborn for this to for this to make any sense the
0: only the only number that i want to know the only number i truly want to know is how many people actually watch red notice <laughs> i'm currently because watching red red really like like 800 <laughs> trillion people watch that movie Netflix? The I'm Galaxy currently...
2: watch that movie. You guys don't know this. There's a TV right here that is just playing Red Notice. <laughs> it's you. Yeah. That's
3: ridiculous that it would be, oh my God, my phone's playing Red Notice.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's what happens when you're asleep. Netflix puts it on in the background. That's how yeah. they get their view. This is uh, this is ha- what happens if Apple buys just- all <laughs> Disney. Oh my God. This is Black Mirror. <laughs> <laughs> this is Black Mirror. <laughs>
2: um. All right. So so we talked a little bit about up top that um the interim agreements that SAG-AFTRA has been signing have been a little baffling. Uh, many people have been talking about how they are actually not um helping the industry. Uh, they are in fact hurting the negotiations. Like a however, sa- yeah. Yeah, like a workaround SAG after, however, put out a statement that is linked that is linked below and you guys can check it out. Because uh, another interim agreement was reached uh, this week. Uh, AMC Networks has signed uh, w- so basically what these interim agreements, by the way, just means is that for the time being, uh these companies have agreed to all of SAG's demands. Um so amc networks is the latest to do this uh they are the third since a24 and um neon uh but amc networks is a little bit different because they have only gotten permission to film three shows um this is interview with the vampire season two uh the walking dead the ones who live and the walking dead daryl dixon season two
0: man i am never gonna watch it but apparently Daryl dixon's like really good because cool. it takes place in France, so it's a completely different aesthetic. A lot of the people are speaking French. And it's just, so I'm like, how the hell would I get here? So, like, again, I'll never watch it, but like, the fact that there is a new Good Walking Dead show, I'm like, well, that's kind of nice. They're not all, that's kind of okay. I'm not going to watch it. Uh
2: I don't know what the Ones Who Live are. Is that the, is that a, a new one?
1: Spin-off.
2: Is that a new one? I
1: think it's Because I know type. there's,
2: is that the one with, is that, I don't know. There's too many. There's the one with there's Negan and then there's one with that's a different
0: one that's,
2: that's a different work one. one what's the one that carl It's post apocalyptic no. and colorful y'all we don't <laughs> no the dude the dude the dude from love actually
0: oh rick yeah the rick's getting
2: rick. his own movie yeah, yeah yeah. is that is that oh, it was a show now it's not a movie anymore oh sorry uh, that,
0: we saw a trailer for that I'm that's pretty happened. sure isn't that the ones who live is it
2: I don't know man yeah. I'm dropped out guys we don't day.
3: care let's just <laughs> <laughs> we got anyway. so much else to talk about we give a shit about
2: it's interesting it's just interesting because sag has agreed to film these things and honestly I kind of agree with the naysayers here that this is actually hurting sag's bottom line no,
3: I'm I'm 100% in that camp like I really appreciate that Adam Driver who was promoting something oh, that he was allowed to because of the Ferrari. agreement thank you was out there and he was doing it and but but at the same time he was saying like I mean, I mean, I just think it's ridiculous that the studios aren't coming back to the negotiate. Like he was using the opportunity to platform yeah. not yeah. at the promotion and be like, studios really should be coming back because I can talk about that and I'm here and I'm going to champion the the cause. But I agree with what you're saying, Brandon. Um, that I don't think this is helping. Um, and yeah. I think it's really shitty for, I think it's really shitty for the people who are not the as we've talked about above the line people, people like Adam Driver who like they're, they're fine with these strikes going for a while. They have money. Yeah. Um, it's all the lower end actors that like, oh, well I wasn't an extra or a, uh, you know, side character for two episodes in the Daryl Dixon show. So I'm not getting paid right now. Yeah. I'm not getting to work. I have to be striking, but they get to go do. And I think that is fair. I think if yeah. you are on that lower level, that feels pretty shitty it's to watch other people get to go do work um and i don't think it's doing enough to weaken the amptp thing i think that they should be holding the line on like no work no work no work no work no work yeah. unless you're like a24 and you're outside of it you want to be a studio who comes to us and makes a whole deal if all of amc and who owns it had come and made a deal and said yeah we're good like the whole studio and yeah. all the amc things go back to work that's different yeah
2: yeah so basically sag after believes that this is um hurting the amptp um it's sowing um it's weakening their their position and showing that uh these deals can be made however um it's still leaving the wga like the wga isn't signing any interim deals so like these shows are still filming without writers right so yeah
3: they should just be holding the line i don't yeah. think this is a good choice and you really don't it's not worth it for your two stupid walking dead spin-off shows i'm sorry i don't yeah. care how good they are it's not worth it and i like
0: not to be Props to Interview yeah. with the Vampire. Yeah, not to be almost, devil's advocate, season, but come on. Not to, yeah, not to be devil's advocate, but, like, it. if this was the only way that we would get a season two or, or cancel Interview with the Vampire, then, like, I'm glad a show of that quality and that caliber gets to exist. But, like, it is trying to skirt the line and just not be in solidarity. So, like,
1: yeah.
0: if it was, like, an Interview with the Vampire and two other, like, The Bear season three or something, I'd feel a little more positive about it. But it's like, yo, let's pump out more Walking Dead, even if it's good or not. But I'm like, that's, that is your cash cow, I guess. Sure.
2: So, Disney... Quite had some more stuff uh, quite, quite a couple of weeks as they have pushed uh, their Marvel slate once again uh, this time their TV shows um, oh, yeah. Loki and What If are still coming out around the same time What If I believe is meant to be Christmas uh, this year. Um, I don't want that
3: present
2: and uh, uh, We can't talk Echo.
3: about it, oh man
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, Echo uh, was pushed from November 29th, remember it was coming out all at once um, yeah. to January of next year
0: Oh, they're uh, throwing that thing out to die. Well, here's the,
3: here's the thing. January is better than where they were putting it. They were putting it on a holiday weekend at the yeah. end of Loki and all at once. January, especially in this less new things are coming out, Echo might have a chance. That's true. I, I do think that this is a better date than the November 29th they gave it. I thought that was a death
0: sentence. Yeah, that's true.
2: X-Men 97 uh, was apparently coming out this fall mm-hmm. um, and I is now coming it. out. Uh, well, I mean, well, it's see, not it's it's, a Comic-Con trailer that we didn't
0: see, but like that thing is actively it,
3: Yeah. Well, now
2: it's next and now it's next year. Yeah, um, sure. So it says early next year is when they're, they're going to put it out. Um, Agatha uh, Agatha the Darkhold Diaries. Um, the third new name. The
3: third new name.
2: <laughs> the third new name from House of Harkness and Covenant of Chaos um, which I prefer. I, I liked Covenant of Chaos. Um, I
0: liked House Agatha- of Harkness. I, I like all of them except this new one.
3: You know what? I liked alliteration that uh, I was down with, and I am not down with Darkhold Diaries.
2: Agatha Darkhold Diaries was apparently supposed to come out in winter 2023, however, and now it will come out fall 2024.
3: They are so full of shit. These This amount of stuff was not coming out this year. That's crazy. They were not dropping what if Loki, Loki Echo X-Men ninety-seven <laughs> Echo and Agatha and another all movie. in the winter of this year. Marvel. Shut yeah. up. No, you weren't. <laughs> what if? Ugh.
2: Uh Agatha, by the way, has finished filming. So they're it's apparently ready to go.
0: That's of all of these, like that's one of the ones I'm the most excited for, too.
2: Ironheart, Wonder Man, and Daredevil Born Again um were all pushed indefinitely wonder man and, and daredevil because they're not done filming um yeah. and iron heart is done filming but supposedly they moved it because they want to move it closer to armor wars That makes um sense. so whenever that comes out they're going to release iron heart close closer, closer to fine. it that
0: one we have so many shows and it like coming out like i can wait for iron heart
2: and iron heart is done it, like it's ready and it's ready to go so cool um they have also canceled just outright uh nautilus which was a Twenty Thousand leagues Twenty Thousand League Under the Sea prequel series, um, that was going to air on Disney Plus. It was halfway through filming before the strike started, and they've just axed it. Um, it will be shopped to other networks, however.
3: I hope someone picks it up, but I don't believe they will. If it was half yeah. filming, yeah. It's... In the in the current state of things, I'm yeah, like, yeah. who picks up that shit? In like a year,
0: yeah. you have to rebuild all those sets halfway. Through.
3: Like, yeah, like this sucks. This is a big bummer. I was really excited about Nautilus. Yeah, that was that was some Disney Plus like going back to some old IP that I'm like. Hell yeah, yeah, Disney. Hell yeah.
2: Yeah. The Great has been canceled after three seasons at Hulu. Stunning.
3: Considering the popularity of that show. This is flabbergasting.
2: Yeah. I only watched the first season. I never watched the second, third. I actually forgot the third one. I'll be one. honest. I didn't even know a third one came out. So
0: like I so the fact that this show got to exist for three seasons, like it does suck it got canceled. This seems like a show that's like so weird and good that it would only get one I season. I really, I really want to watch it. Um, and I'm really excited about it
3: a lot of people have said a lot of good things yeah i think it's unfortunate for it to be one of hulu's more popular shows mm-hmm. and then not let it go out on some terms yeah that's true yeah. obviously it's not hulu's choice it's
2: disney's choice it's Bob the first season true. what i wanted to say was that the first season was very good i just i sure. just didn't continue it um mm-hmm. and then how i met your father was canceled after its second season um again because of the strikes
0: that's up. that's up. that one's that one feels like that show could go on for like like eleven seasons, like that first show. Sure I don't know how long the first season, but like that show, did. that could be
2: going on for years. They, the 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 ten episode first season was very well received, so they gave it twenty episodes in the next in the second season, which yeah. is unheard of in the streaming era right now. Yeah. Um, and and could have easily easily had more, and it's just a shame.
0: And that's like not a sci fi expensive show. That's just like people on sets. Like that's incredibly. Like cheap.
2: Like, it's incredible. If you play. watch that, if you watch that show, it is incredibly cheap to make.
0: Yeah, yeah that one's like that's just like eh, yeah let's just not worry about that one like
3: yeah again another one it's a shame they didn't at least give it like the season to close its story since that's a whole part of the whole part of how they do theory. it but at the same time if the the word on the street is to be believed maybe i didn't want the end of that story
2: especially if you have to rush <laughs> it yeah yeah well we've reached to and i can't believe i'm saying this the twi- the, the trailer the taylor swift part of the show Taylor Swift is releasing, um. The Eras Tour. I had to remember yeah. what it was called. The a Aras, filmed
3: Taylor, version of the Eras Tour.
2: The film a filmed version of the Eras Tour to AMC theaters. This is not AMC Network. This is AMC theaters. They're different. Um, she has made a separate deal exclusively with AMC theaters. Uh, she apparently had gone to studios to ask if they wanted to distribute the movie, uh, and they all turned her down. They all said no. Dumb um, which was incredibly dumb because if you look at the ticket sales when as soon as that thing dropped, was insane. She's like the biggest star in the world. And uh so they so she's gonna release it on October 13th, which was the Exorcist the Believer, which is Exorcist Believers Date. And Jason Blum tried to get Extra Swift going. Which oh <laughs> uh, god, God bless him. Good for him for trying. Uh however, our mere hours later, he was like, fine, you win. So The Exorcist was moved from October 13th to October 6th.
0: That's fun. That's fun. That's cool. <laughs> yeah.
2: That's
0: I, that's uh,
3: Importantly, uh, Taylor doing this has really pissed off some studios. Oh, I yes. bet. Because she's not going through them to get it into theaters, and she went directly to the theaters. And going back to our earlier point of like, so let's say all of Disney goes to Apple, and the whole thing turns to a catastrophe. What you will see because everybody will be pissed about it and it'll be such devastation is over time other people are just going to make their own shit and go to theaters themselves it's gonna be like old school independent filmmaking it's go, again it's gonna go back to old independent
0: oh, filmmaking bring your reel to a movie theater oh god it's so good everything just comes back around it's so fun
2: yeah that's a really good point so she also has agreed to all of sag's proposals by the way yeah. uh, she has reached an interim agreement which is why she's able to do this i guess um but yeah, it's 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 truly incredible to, to have seen this happen and piss off all these studios uh, who turned her down in the first place. Um, she is going to make so much money. AMC Theaters is going to make so much money like they are going to be rolling in dough. This is getting a theatrical distribution from her. There's no middleman. There's yeah. no middleman to pay. This is her distributing this to a, to a theater chain. Sorry, uh, Extra Swift, you tried.
0: Yeah, not everything could be a Barbenheimer.
2: That's true. Um, we've talked a little bit about this already, but uh, we know that the Marvel Marvel VFX house uh, in house workers have been voting to unionize. Now Disney's this is a separate division. Disney's VFX in house uh, uh, VFX workers have also voted to unionize. They filed officially with the National Labor Relations Board. Um, so it looks so, which is big. It's happening. The VFX workers are going to unionize, guys. Yeah. This is the thing. Like, it,
3: they, the studio screwed up in so many big ways with this, and like, I don't know what they're trying to hide, but like, they've really screwed the pooch because they have rallied so many to be like, "Oh yeah, fight the power."
2: Yep. Yeah. Um, we'll learn. We'll hopefully know more about that soon. Uh, but that's incredibly exciting. Like, like it's this awesome. is, this is happening. Hell yeah a second strike a second sag after strike might actually be happening too with the video game industry
1: okay. um
2: the sag this week um set is planning actually i think they sent it out already um but the the vote is currently happening um to vote for a strike authorization now this is not a strike this does not mean they're going to strike this just kind of gives the unions the power to um to say to come to the table with if we don't get a deal we're striking like it, right. that's just how it is
3: and and i'll be honest i'm
0: pretty sure video game companies are gonna be like no 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 please we'll, we'll do the deal. i have, video game companies <laughs> they they are similar industries where you have big people on top who make big decisions but i but people who work in video games i think are just a little i don't know they get it a little, so, little more maybe than big business people
2: so you say that however this is not yeah. so this is 2016 was the last time this happened um, yeah. if, if you guys remember, the video, video game stri- uh, strike happened in 2016 against SAG-AFTRA. Um, yeah. That was for very much the same reasons that this is happening. However, now AI is involved. Um, yeah. uh, the video game companies want to use AI voice replicators, and uh, they do not at this point pay residuals because the 2016 deal was so bad, they didn't get what they wanted. SAG-AFTRA did not get what they wanted. so they signed an, So they signed a three-year deal to end the strike which was extended two more years which was extended another year which is why it's ending now um mm. right. so now it is ending now but again the same problems are on the table so this is for um this is looking for protection against the use of ai uh for for voice and performance capture because again now it's even more common for video game actor for actors to actually be performing in a space uh and and for for performance capture most
0: it, i would say most modern games if you're dealing with high quality cinematics that is mo-capped.
2: yeah um and uh ask wage increases obviously um and uh uh onset working guarantees and uh uh residuals again we don't know the full extent of the deal they have not released the full extent this is just kind of what was what was ordered, what was able to be released to the press but this negotiation has been happening and it doesn't look like the video game industry is move is moving on a lot of this what this will affect are EA, Activision, Epic Games, Insomniac Games, Take Two, Warner Brothers, basically all of the big companies. Um, uh, so, so Fran had this to say. Fran Dresser, Dresser had this to say. Here we go again. Now our interactive agreement is at a sta- is at a stalemate too. Once again, we are facing employer greed and disrespect. Once again, artificial intelligence is putting our members in jeopardy of reducing their opportunity to work. And once again, SAG AFTRA is standing up to tyranny on behalf of its members. This goes back to what I was talking about before. SAG got a lot of shit for taking the 2016 deal because it was not a good deal. They cannot do that at this time. They cannot end this strike with anything but a fair deal.
3: Well, and that's the thing, is like if they get full strike if they get the vote for a strike authorization, I do think the video game companies will just be like, yeah, okay. Because has-
0: because they're already striking what do they have to lose true <laughs> they're they're not going to win so when i look at the when i the reason i 2016 yes i'm i'm looking at it now with the people who are in charge of the companies now i look at sony and microsoft specifically and i look at the two people who run those companies uh and both of those people are very actively anti ai they're very much creative phil Spence, the guy That's next a good to point. Fox, yeah. he is extremely pro uh people pro art pro uh le- not crunch like he's the two guys uh, Nintendo is a different story. I don't know because they're Japan. They're very secretive about all of their operations. But Microsoft and, o- and Sony are very open. Those two companies will one hundred percent give everything they want to to the SAG. But all the, oh, their bigger like EA, Take Two, those are different. I'm. I i do not know about those. But, but the thing is that like this
3: isn't about the video game console heads. This is yeah. about the individual. Game
0: studios themselves. Yeah, so and and so like the guys who make God of War, you bet your ass they're gonna sign for SAG after them. This the, is the like thi- all 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 these big companies, again, Sony, all the companies who work for Sony, like, all those game companies, Bethesda, who just made Starfield, Baldur's Gate, they're all anti-AI. So I have a much stronger belief in this than I do the movie stuff. The, and to that point, what I was gonna say
3: is that. I don't think they'd hold the, the line the way that the studios are for the film and TV stuff. Yeah, yeah. I I think that there would definitely like immediately be people who were breaking away and saying, "I don't agree with this. We're going to give them the deal." Yeah. Um and because you don't have that solidarity, I don't think it would hold any water. There is Remember more solidarity. They don't have they
2: don't have an AMT, they don't have an AP, AMPTP. Like right. this is they are able to as Ryan was saying, uh individual companies are able to just make the deal uh as 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 it comes up. They don't need to make a one size fits all deal i mean they probably will but they don't need to yeah
0: right and like ai just like in movies you TV, like ai is becoming a problem in not in any big games all the ai shit is happening in really shitty small games that nobody's playing because people are noticing oh this is ai generated shit like people know it's very clear to tell when it's ai especially in video games when you're moving around and doing shit right so like these big companies, I am not worried. These smaller companies, or maybe the some of the shittier companies, maybe. But like, I'm not worried about the next God of War or the next Bethesda game or the next, you know, uh, cyberpunk. All of these big companies are very pro people, as opposed to these movie people, because they're also so, like a lot of these video game people are a lot more active in the business of being a person dealing with fans and dealing with customer stuff.
2: So at the, so at that point, at this point, I do want to I do want to bring up this uh, this statement from um, uh, someone who is unnamed but familiar with how the negotiations are going they claim that at this point the all, all these big companies are are in fact negotiating in good faith which is what we did not hear with the amptp we very much heard that they were not negotiating in good faith right so uh that is good to hear fran's comments are a little worrying because why would she kind of say like corporate deal with the corporate greed and whatnot and you're correct that that, that you know these companies the, the people who run these companies are uh very they say that they are very pro but like at the end of the day it is still about money so there is there, there could be some people that she is maybe singling out she could be talking about a lot of people but well, it is important i don't think Fred jester knows a lot about the video game industry though to be honest but she is set. but she sag. she sags president, so she is being told no. to what to say so what i'm saying is what i am saying is that this that that we have no reason to believe at this point that this strike will happen, because again, as I mentioned, there is a person who is supposedly is close to this deal saying that this is being hap- that this is happening in good faith, and the strike authorization is merely a precaution.
0: Yeah, the difference between the guys who run Disney and like the guy who runs Naughty Dog mm-hmm. is that the guy who runs Naughty Dog isn't a billionaire. He's a dude who started that company, Neil Druckmann. Making games, and he became the the president of the company. Working, he's not good. Not a billionaire. He might he might be a hundred thousandaire. He worked on the Last of Us TV show. But that's a dude who is so pro art and pro people. Where again, this is like, uh, uh, I'm glad that that the rumor that we've heard is like it's it's all happening like nice. Like that's what I, with the amount of, with the game industry right now specifically, it is like so hot. Like all the biggest games of the year are selling so well. Like people are really invested in like video game stuff right now, and I don't think they want to lose that, especially with hardcore player-driven games like Starfield and Baldur's Gate where you cannot make those games with AI. It is impossible. You know you know what real people sound to talk like. So, like, I'm glad that, people, that the video game ministry is trying to move forward. I have a good feeling about this one. I have a very good feeling about this one.
3: I was going to say, uh, just on Fran Drescher's thing, I think she's only being so strong in the wording because they are seeking... The authorization vote, and you want everybody to just take it seriously. So, if mm-hmm. you are, if even if that's not necessarily the situation as it is, if you're framing it as this is what we're fighting we for and saying it's basically we're fighting the same fight in video games, then everybody's going to vote yes. That's mm-hmm. true. Because there's probably, because the thing is, like the tough thing is, right? SAG AFTRA, all of the union is affected by film and television. Just they are. Not everyone in the union is affected by video games. They're not all involved in it, so you want everybody to still get on board with voting for yes, even if it doesn't affect them.
2: Um, there is a, that's a really good point, Sparks. The also it's it, it, it's it's worth noting that, um, hmm, no, oh, it's gone. Um, all right. Anyway, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens here. Um, uh, uh, again, like we know that the condi- the working conditions for actors we because of the 2016 strike we know that the working condition in video games was really bad um which is why they went on strike in the 2016 and um uh, if conditions haven't improved as much as they should have because of the again the frankly terrible deal they took uh in 2016 um and Ryan keeps saying AI which is an important fight yes but like the residuals right like that's that that is the fight um mm-hmm. video games do not pay residuals um yeah. they the the deal that they got was a sliding scale uh kind of bonus thing so the more you work on a on a game the more money you get but it's even then like the residuals are what keeps you going um Absolutely. so like here they need to that's the one that they need to fight for that's the one that they need to get um ryan's correct that the that is very likely that these mm-hmm. companies will just give up on the ai again we're not looking for them to give up on ai I just did not mean that we're looking for protections not for right uh, youtube yeah. um to re- to to give up on it uh right. but the residuals one that is the fight here and and hopefully they get it
3: right yeah. because it's you know millions and millions of people will buy a copy of a game and you will be, get paid the same as if you know 800,000 people
0: yeah. bought yeah. a copy you voice game. a game and if it sells one copy a million copies you still get paid the same
2: right mm-hmm. and that's, that's ridiculous
0: sucks. absolutely
2: yeah alright well, that's all the strike stuff we're done with the strike finally um, <laughs> we, got, we got a few things that are probably not going to take too much longer um, but yeah that, that, that we'll see where we are in a couple of weeks Spider-Man Unlimited, however, is, getting, is going to be a, is a comic. It's it's already premiered on Marvel Unlimited. It sure um is. Th- This is an Infinity comic uh, written by Christus Gage, uh, with art by Simone, uh, well, mm, Juan, Fan, Juan Fantino, um, and Fair Cifuentes Sujo. Sujo, sorry. Um, this is exclusive uh, to the app so far. And it's go- it sees a six one six Peter Parker go up against the video game Peter Parker, the one from the upcoming Spider-Man <laughs> two. <sighs> uh, it's a twelve part story. Uh, I've seen so. Some- uh, uh, Ryan, have you read it yet?
0: I, yet? I I didn't read it, but I did flip through it. I'm like, wow, that's
2: fun. Art, art looks pretty cool. Um, the 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 page I was floating around on Twitter was really funny because it very much looks like uh, video game Peter Parker is going to just like destroy six one six Peter Parker. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, very fun so so we'll see where that goes uh 12 parts interesting
0: yeah they're very short they're not like full issues yeah. on you know, marvel animated. like you read it in like five minutes
2: rotten tomatoes Oh, this might take a little while um rotten tomatoes uh gotten to some uh, gotten some fire recently as it was revealed that a pr firm called bunker 15 has actually been manipulating uh scores a big surprise um but what the only proof that we have right now is that a movie that they were pr for that they were doing pr for called ophelia which is a daisy ridley film that came out in 2018 um debuted with like a 48 percent on rotten tomatoes i believe yeah 48 percent. bunker 15 uh found some lower level reviewers some people who don't you know, the people you don't really notice um paid the $50 to give it a good review, which bumped up the score to 62%, which gave it a fresh rating. The 60% is fresh. Um, And that, that helped the tickets that supposedly helped the ticket sales of that movie because people, people still use Rotten Tomatoes. People like Rotten Tomatoes. People don't understand Rotten Tomatoes. Um, But yeah, so this is the only one that we know for sure happened. Bunker 15 obviously declines that this happened like they would. $50, $50 though. Not a lot of money. If you're going to sell your integrity, I would go over a lot more than
0: $50. Yeah, doesn't surprise me considering what people they, how much they get paid to do other things like this at different websites.
2: If I was going if, uh, you got to pay me a lot more to write a, to write to write a good review about a movie I didn't even see. Um so this is this I mean I mentioned that this is the only one that we know of because this is the only one we have proved. This is the only one we found, but this is happening. Um so Paul Schrader, who's a filmmaker, says the studios didn't invent Rotten Tomatoes, and most of them don't like it. Uh and even Rotten Tomatoes even said, like, we take our integrity very seriously, and blah blah blah. Like they wouldn't know that they were being paid for reviews, like they wouldn't. That's not how Rotten Tomatoes works. Um, yeah, right. uh, and most of them don't like it. But the system is broken. Audiences are dumber. Normal people didn't. D- normal people don't go through reviews like they used to. Rotten Tomatoes is something the studios can game, so they do. Um, so yeah, it's very likely that there's quite a few people. Uh, I don't think it's like Star Wars is being is, bu- is buying like enough good re- good reviews to get up there. I think Rise of Skywalker is still like is that rotten? I don't remember. Rotten um, in my mind. Yeah, uh, but like some of these th- films like Ophelia are are like I, I the, it's being gamed. Um, that
0: seems like also like a smaller movie so maybe giving it more reviews gives it more eyes on it too. Like yeah. oh like people aren't going to see this but we'll pay you to see it and talk about it.
2: That's what, I mean that's exactly what it is because a fresh rating helps ticket sales. Uh, even a couple of years ago, Rotten Tomatoes used to put stickers on Blu-rays. Certified Fresh on Rotten Tomatoes on still the Blu-ray. Do.
0: Yeah,
3: still, still do.
2: do. Um, so I don't like, like that. Neither do I, neither do I.
3: Um, That's the part that really got me was when it was—it's it, a dumb thing, but like when they put the sticker on Blu-rays and and physical media that you go and see in stores, it's like it legitimizes the rating yeah. as as being directly relevant to the film. And I'm like, it's just an aggregate of reviews. Yeah. It yeah. doesn't mean that this movie is like better than the other movies because it has this stupid Rotten Tomato sticker on it. And I feel like it created the the dumb. Uh, association that like fresh means worth it and anything under that isn't and like it's it just doesn't work that way
2: yeah
3: most people to be fair fair, at a certain point recognize that if they actually are watching movies and engaging with them but if they're not really engaging with movies and they're just a very 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 passive moviegoer like from youth and on then no they're not but who gives a shit like most people will eventually get to a point where like they discern like how their tastes work and where they align and they're going to be like yes i like i want it's it's reductive also to say that audiences are dumber that's just not it's also not how this works but it is a problem that like rotten tomatoes becomes a like if it's fresh that means successful
2: that's what martin scorsese talked about a couple months ago right like the the people people they look. They don't look at reviews. They don't like reviews. Like how I, how I grew up, you know, we, we grew up in a great, a great time for film reviews, right? Roger Ebert was still re- reviewing films when we were kids. Um, so like we, we could read film reviews in the newspaper and magazines, or, or even online. Um, and 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 glean our opinion from there. You know, what I always say, how you should engage with film reviews, is to find the people that your opinions closely align with, and and it's never going to be exact and read those opinions and read or read dissenting opinions depending on what you on, on how you want to engage with it but if you're like on the fence like oh i don't know if i want to go see i don't know the last voyage of the Demeter. um well then i i know um joe schmo uh over at um vulture uh likes a lot of the same movies i do what what did they think of, of this and i'll read i'll read that review and i'll be like okay maybe i will go check this one out that's how you engage with film, with film criticism, I believe. Rotten Tomatoes, what it did was said, well, you want to know what, how good a movie is? Well, it's got a 97%, uh, which really only means that like, what, 97% people like the movie. Well, maybe you're not in that 97%. Maybe you're in the, the, the 3% who wouldn't like the movie. You wouldn't know unless you read the reviews. Um, and nobody does that. They just see the score and we're like, I'll go see that one because that's a good one well even then and like if you scroll
3: down it's just pull quotes and you've got to like actually just, go to the whole contextual
2: yes. review to
3: actually discern anything
2: yeah uh didn't we what did what did uh what do we slumberland you know that's rotten but that doesn't mean anything we all really like that movie um yeah so like that that's what means something um but yeah again this is the this is this is the reason i kind of think it's important to bring this up because like People are going the the wrong side of the internet is going to use this as 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 fuel to the uh, D- Warner Brothers and Disney are buying good reviews of that were true. I
0: already fact. saw it. I already saw. Look at all the past five, the last two years of Marvel movies and how most of them are positive, even though they're the worst movie I've ever seen. I'm like, yeah, Thor: Love and Thunder is not the they're, worst movie you've ever thing, seen. But but also like those same people, they're a loud
3: minority. They're very loud, but they are the minority. That's they're true. not most moviegoers, and they're not most people who engage with film. They're just the people who won't shut the fuck up.
2: That's true. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, no, that's pretty, true. You're correct. Um, it's just, it just it, it's just that people are going to see the headline, PR firm sure. games Rotten Tomatoes, and they're not going to engage with the the fact that this is one PR firm that we know of. It's happening. Yeah, it's happening more often than not. But this is one PR firm that we know of dealing with the movie that nobody, frankly, saw. Um, nobody cared about Ophelia, but with this, like, frankly, like, um, how much ticket sales did this really drive? Honestly,
1: two extra anyway. tickets.
2: Anyway, trailers. Key talk. Pulling Unless there's anything line. else you guys wanted to say about nope. that. You guys didn't Maybe. really seem interested in that one anyway, so. No, um, it's just
3: well I but I agree with your ultimate point that it's just yeah. like this this doesn't change anything really. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. This is a this this was a question mark I should have asked before we started recording. Solo leveling. Did you guys watch that trailer?
3: I, I did. Um is there a specific reason you want to talk about this one? I just thought you'd be interested in it. I mean, it looks good. There are a lot of anime that are like this, so I was just kind of like, "Oh, it's another, I think it's another one of the like Sword Art Online or yes. um, uh, My Shield Hero or all this." Uh, you
0: know, I think it's well animated. I think it looks good. There's nothing unique about it. Substantial. Yeah. Right, yeah. There's nothing unique. I've heard. Uh, I read the comments because I like. I, I thought I looked it, but I wasn't, like, loving it. I looked at the comments, and people really like that manga. And they're, like, they sure. were really scared about the adaptation. And they're saying, because uh, this is, like, the second or third trailer. People are saying this is the first trailer that are actually sold on the adaptation. Sure. So, um, so I'm excited Gen- that other people are excited.
3: Generally, when it's an anime that's, like, of this type, where it's in a, in a certain, like, type and genre that's very, very populated, yeah. I'll wait until the whole season's out to hear, like, if it's worth really going into or not. Mm-hmm but it's um, good animation
2: creation of the gods kingdom of the storms this and is one of the coolest trailers i've seen in my entire life
3: and movies need to look better why don't why don't this is why i have a problem with,
0: with this is what this is what i want secret wars to look like this is yeah. okay so yes so <laughs> the thing that i love about other countries is like they're not a, they're not scared to just make wild movies mm-hmm. america we do not respond to movies like this we don't see them anything that is giant and crazy unless it's like a marvel movie which again is kind of like contained compared yes, to what this no
2: movie, movie is. looks like this
0: that's what i mean like america like we never get movies like this and what we do it's gods of egypt and it's awful like this movie it is it first of all it's like the highest grossing movie in china right now it's like it's huge like it is their end game we, it's, it is massive
3: we we fear um earnestness with like yeah. wild emotion. yeah yeah uh,
2: we talked it, about it, this so movie in this trailer we actually talked about this movie a while ago when we did uh, an animated film that I'm blanking on the name now. Zen. Uh, yeah, 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 I know, yeah. Uh, Because Sparks brought this up that this was a three part epic. Uh, kind of their Lord of the Rings is how I think yeah. he brought it up, Sparks. Yes. Um,
3: yeah.
2: And uh, uh, I, th- I believe they filmed all three back to back, is the reason why. It's the biggest production that China has ever seen. It's taken um, a very
0: long time to make, yeah. I got, yeah. I got, a, I got a what it's about because like I, I didn't know what it's about until I looked that up. Uh, the yeah. first installment of the trilogy's legendary tale, which takes place amidst the the fear of mythical ancient wars between humans, immortals, and monsters, depicts the rise and fall of King Zhu, the villainous final ruler of the Shang dynasty. There's so many cool visuals in this. Um, this is already out uh, um, in China. About people and
2: love this movie. I don't know if you guys, I don't know which trailer you guys. There's a few trailers online. So I just like what?
0: the first one that popped up
2: there's a, a a trailer dropped yes, yesterday for an american release date for september 22nd which oh, has which has me ecstatic i'm so excited we're getting this movie in theaters um i'm i'm so there um i i don't care how small or limited this movie is going to be i'm going to seek it out and i'm going to find it because this looks incredible um i i i love how this movie is is, is done and and we talked about with when with rr uh the how like uh we'd never see that kind of movie in America and like i wish that we could because this is the kind of movie i want to see more of we see a, a someone running on a log cutting it up and then falling there's dragons there's uh it's there's sexy. a clip online huh it's sexy too it's sexy there's a clip online of um uh of the old man who's got the the, the what's it called the uh, expenditure the 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 scroll i think it's called um sure sure and and uh, and like the, uh, this ribbon is like holding some dude that, like this person has like and like you see a little glimpse of it in this trailer i i love the visuals i love the cgi i'm so here for this movie i like this is one of my most hotly anticipated films and i didn't even know it was coming out this year and i'm so yeah. excited that it is
0: uh it just it just seems so earnest and it's just like so many monsters so many so many just like real people giant armies like romance love it looks really just like it is, like, a big, like, epic, epic, like, uh, uh, Lord of the Rings, like, it just looks incredible. Like, it looks, yeah. it looks, and then the reviews are good. So, like, hey, this is also going to be good. Uh, I have heard that some of the CGI in spots is awful, but that never, that won't bother me. Because, no. like, you know, like, uh, uh, budgets for uh, uh, other movies are not the same as American movies. Uh, like, this is, like, half the budget of, like, a regular, regular Avengers movie, and it looks twice as cool. So, like... I'm just. That's I'm, I'm so glad you put it
2: on here. That that's the that's the thing about like our CGI. When it's bad, it's glaringly bad because like they're not. They're, it's clearly they like oh, you didn't. Pay, you don't have you don't have the time. But like stylistically, the CGI in this movie looks way more inventive. That if it's bad, I don't care as long as you're doing Absolutely. something cool
0: with it. There's giant dragons around. Like it's kind of hard to describe this trailer because there's there's so much happening. Like if you yeah. if you're listening to this, uh, watch this trailer because it's just like the most extravagant like yo this is like a comic book come to life like it looks incredible it looks so so cool
2: i'm i'm so glad i stumbled on this on twitter because i didn't know it was out i didn't know it was coming out this year Uh, Um i stumbled on this on twitter and i was like oh shit this is the movie that sparks told me about so so all these years ago i i really want to see this and i so i watched like every trailer (laughs) (laughs) yeah i i
0: I specifically didn't want to watch more trailers just in case it showed more footage and like I want to be surprised. But like, man,
2: it, it's I, so I incomprehensible imagine. to us that I just Absolutely. can't even.
0: Yeah, um, I just think it looks really great. It looks really fun. Um, I don't, I don't know if I if I'll see it in theaters,
2: but like, I, I, I would love to. Yeah, we could try. We could try. Um Mortal Kombat. One, uh, did you have anything more that you wanted to add about the? the no, the I think box?
3: you guys got that joy across real well. Joy farm
2: mortal kombat 1 released two trailers a mega fox trailer and a john claude van damme trailer
0: actually there's three
3: but one of them we're not this gonna is,
2: talk about i didn't know the third one i'm sorry it's it's good that dave, dave batiste in it, it is. oh the it live like, action one yeah yeah the live action one um it, well this was this one was more of like the, the story stuff the story and, and stuff Jean-Claude.
0: yeah so uh, jean claude van damme is a guy that they wanted since the first time MK- oh there's a like, great hot ones with, with Ed Boon, the creator of Mortal Kombat, because they can't talk to actors, but they can't talk to video game people. So it was really funny seeing from like, yo, they got Jamie Foxx, now they got Ed Boon. I'm like, wow, they are struggling for guests, but I absolutely love it. Uh, He talks about the 30-year journey uh, of trying to get Jean-Claude Van Damme in a game. Before they made Mortal Kombat, they were trying to make a Jean-Claude Van Damme fighting game with him as the main character. But they were two dudes who were 22 years old, and Jean-Claude Van Damme said, hell no. Because yeah. they were just like, kids in their basement. Right. 30 years later... They're the one of the biggest studios in the world. And because uh, Johnny Cage was very much built out of who Jean-Claude Van Damme was at the time
3: absolutely. that Mortal Kombat was coming out. They have
0: tried. Yeah, more... having him be like, finally, Johnny Cage. Yeah. It's like, okay, uh, that's pretty cool. They tried to get him for almost every single game, and he just always said no. But now I guess the paycheck was good enough. <laughs> Honestly, that's what it was. It was also,
3: his, his amount of work
0: has dried up. True,
3: true. There's, uh,
2: a, but like, there's a shot in this trailer that I really like, which is his his sunglasses break, and he tosses them aside. Like, in I think Mortal Kombat 1, the, the movie does a similar move yeah. and then he and then he pulled out another sunglass another pair of sunglasses puts them on oh, that was so that is just
0: Johnny Cage's animations he doesn't get any specific animations unfortunately but it is his body and his voice um yeah. Johnny Cage's fatality is great it works great with with Jean-Claude Van Damme oh he's just god. in so his good. like blood sport uh, uh trousers uh I love I love what you, I love I'm just really excited uh not the only big celebrity in this game as we turned out which is funny um mm. not Ronda Rousey thank god
2: yeah. So Megan Fox is playing Natara.
0: Yes. So cool. she was a she was the vampire lady in Mortal Kombat the movie. Yeah. Who got uh,
2: split in half by Kung Lao. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. I liked her. Yeah. Um,
0: so this is totally fun. I like Megan Fox a lot. Uh I think she's really fun. Uh Nitara as a as a Mortal Kombat character to fight as looks incredible. She's really fast. She uses her claws a lot. She reminds me a lot of Cheetah from Injustice. He we ever played as Cheetah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's great. Megan Fox being just it is just, is just fun. Uh, and there's like a really silly, silly interview. She's like, yeah, I love playing Atari. I, I associate with vampires. Who knows She's what? basically me. She's basically me. Uh, and like, I don't mind stunt casting like this. Like every game has something like this. Um, again, like. But this is a really nice this one. like. Yeah. But,
3: but normally like a lot of it has been for the cameo stuff. Uh, a, a lot of times with mortal Kombat, other than like the ronda rousey one mm-hmm. um yeah. and who's getting choked which we know we're getting like jk simmons as as omni man and yeah. things like that but having her step into a mortal Kombat character i'm like this this is a much much stronger like casting choice yes. than
0: what we did last time there's a oh, really <laughs> great jennifer's body joke yes. but also it's not just central body joke mm-hmm. because kong lao's girlfriend in mk kwan Quan- conquest the tv show her name was jennifer
2: That's so it's a said, double on Panja. We uh we get we get clips of her voice acting in this one, and honestly, whoever is the vocal director for this movie is doing a better job than they did in Mortal Kombat 11. Um, yeah, um, uh, Megan it, because Megan Fox actually is, is, is she's good. I, I actually I, we don't get a lot, but I thought what we did here was like, oh, actually, this is this fits this character. You're even, even in some cases she's actually putting on a voice, yeah. um, which which it, it doesn't feel like she she half-assed this. Absolutely, yeah. We only hear one one line of what
0: she actually sounds like as Natara and it is she has kind of like, kind of like a cool raspy like voice thing going on I'm like you're you're not just making fox like you're actually you're actually acting and like I love that and like that's really cool. Looks really good.
2: Yeah. The boy and the heron. Looks
3: gorgeous. Oh man.
2: Oh my I god. I forgot. Man. I forgot how good too the animation could be. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> Give me after more. the last after the last Miyazaki film where they went to the 3d route we were all like this is awful don't he, do uh your, your style does not wish. yeah does yeah. not translate to 3d um going back to 2d it's like oh my god oh it looks so good visually it's just like what a
2: treat so this is Haya Miyazaki's uh, uh, not his last film anymore he's very nope. clear that he's not retiring anymore he's like yep. I'm gonna keep doing this till I die um so
0: This is kind of conjecture, but from what I'm hearing, because people have seen this movie already, that it's not one of his best ones. Uh, And he doesn't maybe want to retire on one of his not-a-good-movie, is what I've I've heard online. But, you know, again, we might love it. Who knows? Maybe Um, he just got rejuvenated again. I am interested in
3: the one that he's, like, regardless of, like, being his final film or not, one of the things he was saying about when he was crafting the story for this is that he's, like, this is, is like, the message I want to leave my grandson with. Mm -hmm. And I'm really intrigued what that kind of thought process, because that... That doesn't always create the best things, but it does create some of the most interesting and things. like personal. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So there's two interesting things about this trailer, about this trailer release for me, which is one, Japan didn't get a trailer before this movie dropped. Um, we did. And Japan, Japan, this was they knew this was coming, but there was no marketing for it. So when it dropped, they had they were everyone was blind going into it, which yeah. is not something we get to we get to experience because we have a trailer. The other thing is. This is going to IMAX? I get to see a Miyazaki film in IMAX? Oh, Holy wow, shit. Know, wow. That's crazy. Yeah. That's
1: uh,
3: yeah. Uh uh that was a that was a personal thing is that um they they were like Miyazaki was like I I don't want I want people to go into this movie just with the poster. I don't want them to have preconceived yeah. ideas. And like to the credit of this trailer, I don't think it gives too much away, but I do kind of wish that like it's just not the way it works because, like, their market will be saturated with the poster, and we will not be. Yeah. So, yeah. like, if you want to raise awareness about it being released, you have to have the trailer here. Unfortunately, but like, I'm yeah. glad they kept it very minimal. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. It looks like it looks I can't. Gorgeous. I can't
0: really
3: tell you anything about what the movie's going to be about. Really, boy goes through trauma, hangs <laughs> out with her. Yeah. Uh, But it looks gorgeous. Absolutely. Yeah.
2: Um, I missed how I I I missed the Miyazaki movement. I didn't realize that I did. Um. All right, and then finally Godzilla -1. I'm
3: glad we get to talk about A Godzilla trailer this week.
2: Yeah, me too. It's not
3: one of the other ones I also desperately wish we could talk about. <laughs> but tune uh, in next year I'm thrilled to talk about -1. I I uh
2: so the so this was really cool because uh, obviously we know that that uh, Godzilla -1 is having is being distributed by Toho in America. Uh so there is a, a English subtitled uh version of the film which is not necessarily something we've ever gotten for a japanese film uh this close to the release um so that was really cool uh to be able to actually know what they were saying uh in yeah. the movie. this looks incredible though i'm so excited for this movie
3: i'm very pumped um we've, we've talked about it before like setting it in this post-world war ii setting like very quickly right after the bomb i'm, I'm very intrigued about the setting and everything now with this trailer some context clues that seems like the bomb actively hurts or creates uh Godzilla one of the yeah. two um, because we see that chart like, and, and putting that real direct no longer subtext it is text, the bombs directly affect Godzilla coming here. Um, that's going to be really fascinating. Yeah. And I'm yeah. really intrigued by how this is all going to go. Uh,
2: there's, the the cg looks really cool um again like it goes back to like yeah some of it could be a little wonky but because they're doing really interesting things with it <laughs> that's, the, um,
3: that's the bit where he steps and part of the road comes up and you just watch yeah. bodies fly up
2: like ragdolls like <laughs> uh, but like ag- again like it's going back to like this idea that we talked about with the with the creation of the gods which is like yeah okay it's so it's not going to look as good as like thanos but at least you're doing something really interesting with it you're not glaringly look i'm not just looking at a gray blob i'm looking at something with style um i really i still really like this godzilla design the thing sparse and i talked about this last time that it's a really cool new design for him um i i i love the look of it i love uh i i it's so interesting that like there's a line in this movie where where the is that godzilla like they know of this creature perhaps before the movie yeah, I, assume, I, assume the movie? I
3: assume that i assume it's in the same context as the original film at least at this moment which is yeah. that it's a legend you know it's a oh, legend yeah. of something that lives in the ocean off the island yeah and so when they see it they contextualize like the legend is real um yeah. but like that doesn't necessarily mean that anyone's seen the creature before um but i do believe that they're going back to like the island has or, or like an area has a folk tale about him
2: yeah, yeah that's that a good point um yeah i mean i'm I'm so excited we get to see a, a, a Japanese Godzilla film this year uh, in, in American, American theaters in IMAX. This is also going to IMAX, which is wild. I,
3: I did see someone point out like, and they got dragged for it. And I'm like, I get it. But like, I, it, it, kind of rightfully so. I thought it was funny. But also, uh, I thought they had a good point of like, we've, ne- we've never really seen people get... Uh, under underfoot with godzilla like this where they're like running right around his feet like this and then a lot of people point to godzilla 98 very obviously doing this but i'm like it's a lot but, of fish. but in context of japanese godzilla no that's not something we see yeah. um they don't they don't really do that because technology ultimately didn't allow for it and then uh at a certain point that's just not the way they filmed godzilla uh in japan is so that we don't normally see pretty confident going through my memory banks that there's no japanese godzilla film where you directly see people running from his foot stepping right by them yeah um so this is this is new context really putting the scale for them and the trauma right there
2: the the tone of this film is just so on point the this this post-war japan dealing yeah. with this in inco- having dealt with an incomprehensible attack man-made attack now having to deal with an incomprehensible attack from this thing that no has never been seen before. Um I'm, man. I I can't I can't overstate how excited I am.
0: Yeah. Uh. And it's like, it's not gonna make the movie better or anything. But like having seen Oppenheimer, yeah. it's almost like the prequel to Godzilla. You like I watched a prequel of Godzilla because like all that stuff did happen, and now we're just watching the part where it turns into fiction. And like we're seeing the the we're seeing the other side of it and how you know America's hubris will hurt Japan because we <laughs> we we summoned a monster.
2: That's a really good point. We we had this discussion the three of us. Uh, we, we we hung out a couple of weeks ago and we had this discussion that like, you know, one one of the reasons why Godzilla films have been so poorly dubbed in in, in recent years is because we just don't have the same trauma that Japan does, and so we just don't have the same context a uh, context that Godzilla was born out of. Um, even the original movie was was reformatted to an outside observer looking at it, uh, not really uh, not really experiencing it. Now we have. Now, what's so what's been so wonderful about having Oppenheimer, um, and, and we like not to not to um, not not to kind of trivialize it, but like Oppenheimer um, has put the bomb contextually, the trauma of the bomb contextually into America, into an American uh, perspective uh, of this was that this was a traumatic attack that now you can now, now that you can understand in a way that you can now understand, and so what it, what interestingly enough this Godzilla film being released in America so soon after Oppenheimer would create such a, and not being, not being re-edited to change the trauma of what this is. Now American audiences can actively uh, engage with Godzilla in a way that uh, we are, we now understand this trauma that Japan went through in a way that we just didn't in 1954.
3: Right. Um, there's just a lot more uh conversation and interest in the idea of like uh how terrible was what we, what happened yeah. and um for for an american audience specifically and ha- it's just such good serendipitous timing to Ooh. have a yes. godzilla film of this type uh following so closely on the heels and and tackling that so so directly and again like even the original godzilla uh is set Almost a decade after the bombs drop, and is not in one hundred percent in the text direct line conversation of like bombs equals Godzilla. Yeah, the metaphor is very clearly there. There's a lot of connective tissue, but nobody is saying X equals Y, and this film is going X equals
0: Y. Yeah,
2: yeah. Really excited to see where this comes.
0: uh, Oppenheimer had no Japanese perspective do you think we'll get any american perspective at all i don't think we need it i'm just asking do you think this movie will try to you know i don't think it, i don't think it will or needs to I i'm serious i wonder it would be very bold If they put Oppenheimer's... (laughs) No, no,
3: I wonder if they do... So in the original Gojira, what happens is there's a conversation, this is cut out of the American remake version of that film, where they have a meeting about Godzilla happening, and in that meeting, people in there are saying, we can't let the states find out. If they find out, they will bomb. Again. Again, yeah. It would be very bad if you don't see the Americans. Yeah, so they talk about that. And the shot we're seeing of Godzilla hurt is the Americans dropping another bomb to try and kill the monster for Japan,
2: oh, um, but,
3: but maybe against their wishes.
2: Yeah. So interestingly, Shin has an has a similar has a similar moment to that, doesn't it? Shin Godzilla. Yes. Um, when they're like, we, if the Americans find out, they will just send the bombs, and they do. That's that's a scene in Shin Godzilla that the American bomber uh, shows up. Um, so like that that that'd be really interesting to see because uh, America does have, and this at this point in Japan's history, America has was occupying uh japan so there were so there were american soldiers there yeah um interesting to see I'm, again like yeah, again, I'm i don't
0: think i don't think you need that perspective but i'm like it would be interesting if like if we did see americans in japan during this while Godzilla happening like you know we did this we yeah did this. i i won't
3: i won't say i won't i will say i don't think we'll ever shift to the states no 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 and see that perspective yeah. i think we could potentially see americans who are there yes and i do think there's a possibility that we see them do something in reaction even if it's still from Japanese perspective yeah. mm-hmm. um really really intriguing that would be that's the thing like again that I, would be
0: unbelievably bold I would have love, them drop
3: yeah. a bomb on Godzilla
0: yeah. and actually do the thing they were afraid of in the original because I understand I get just like again doing the outcome thing like just we're we are Japan we're focusing on the Japan aspect of this thing but like the Americans are at fault here so like yeah. I it would be bold to be like yeah you fuckers did this
3: like, that
0: would be crazy, right? Because
3: you did this, and now this thing is attacking us because it thinks we did this. Yep. Uh, it's
2: juicy, dude. Yeah. There's a the, one of my my favorite Godzilla movie. Uh, Godzilla, Mothra, King Ghidorah, giant monsters all attack. Um, has a um, is a, is about. I always because this kind of reminded me of it. Um, it. Is about the fact that um, people in the, the the new generation of Japan has forgotten have for, have forgotten the trauma. Of, of what happened in world war ii and so godzilla comes back as a manifest as a as a spectral manifestation of that trauma to read essentially remind japan not to forget that trauma and it kind of, as a movie godzilla minus one is kind of acting in the same vein um to kind of be like this is this was a shared trauma that we all dealt with and it, and it cannot be forgotten um i find that i find that interesting
3: yeah because there there is a line in the trailer about um this monster won't forgive. Yeah. Um, and and it's like well Japan doesn't need to be forgiven for this. Yeah. Necessarily. Yeah. So like um though though having done a little bit of research around that original Godzilla film there was a, an amount of commentary about how like the people in Japan felt like that at a certain point they shouldn't have been in the war. Um and that like there there is a, some blame on like uh the the common citizens for the the Japanese government having pushed things too far. Um, not that it's entirely their fault, obviously, that they got bombed, but that at, it, it had been a while that large public opinion had been we shouldn't have been involved anymore. Sure. Yeah. Um, and that this shouldn't have happened to us. So that, that there, there's even an amount where, like, you know, uh, there are there are accounts from people in Japan at the time who, while they blame the U.S. most, they also hold their own government uh, for getting, accountable for like even us putting invest. them in a position of being in a war.
0: Yeah, yeah. Very juicy. Who do you think he's
2: going to fight in the sequel? I'm kidding.
3: I don't care. I just I'm just so focused on <laughs> on uh, uh this uh and being super special um and unique. Um but probably King Caesar. i was going to say Biolante. By, um, by El- by <laughs> Make it environmental. Uh, uh It'll be it'll be really interesting because like Godzilla took time to transition to like the Showa kind of context of Kaiju fighter monster. Yeah you know, like, um, the, the next film, he fights another monster, monster, but, like, the kind of fear and trauma is still present in that film. Um, you can't, I, and I think this one's gonna go even harder on that, so I don't think you can transition out of that context. I don't think they want to turn him into
0: hero Zilla,
3: Even without being a hero, I just, yeah. I, like, you that, that shift, like, if you are introducing a new monster, which you would if you were doing a sequel, mm-hmm. right, like, to, we're way ahead. But, um, if you were doing that, like you, you also have to frame it in the same context, like of, of how is this related? How is this tied in the same, same context that Godzilla has? How does this have context to what the Japanese people are going through? Because now you've got, got this, like this is deeply entrenched to our emotions and who we are as a people. If you're going to go that angle so hard with this film, a sequel would have to do the same. Yeah. Yeah. You could Uh, have a solid trilogy that did that though.
2: Yeah. All right. Well, that's, that's the show guys. Lovely. Uh, all, all right ones. guys that that was it so we'll be back in a couple of weeks uh once again to give you more strike updates uh because it's definitely not ending between sure. now and then so uh stay tuned for that but there's plenty of things you guys can check out in the meantime just everything that's in the description below uh of course conversation by Mark Reed with, by me uh but uh with Mark Reed from the um creative psychopath podcast uh very fun really enjoyed that conversation I uh, hope you guys enjoy it too um basement arcade the mortal combats that's going to keep going on as well as ko city um ko city a little slower than mortal Kombat, but yeah we're gonna uh, truck along with a lot of basement arcades at this point because the few of our shows are um unable to go on during the strikes but please check out our website at fakenervpodcast.com to see which shows are impacted by the strikes uh which shows are strike compliant such as animation station with the digimon shows uh with the digimon movies those are strike compliant because that is a foreign property um and uh so of course uh stay tuned for more stuff and be on the lookout and you know check, i keep that thing up to date all the time so uh, uh you know just keep just keep an eye out at figurepodcast.com uh, of course our uh archives our book club archives are being dropped uh sparks uh has in the beginning of the episode told told you a few of the titles there. But, of course, you can check out 20, the newest episode, 20th Century Men, which is our rotation um, and my Star Trek classic, uh, my Star Trek variant book club series uh, with the, did, uh, the mirror universe saga. Very fun.
3: And upcoming Unbelievable Gwenpool Volume 1. Uh, that's Ben's pick in rotation and Wasted Space Volume 4.
2: Yeah. Um, stay tuned for that. And, of course, you can check out our Patreon and our Public, which are linked below, as well as on our website at FicknerPodcast.com. If you'd like to support us financially, we greatly appreciate it. It would be a big help at this point in time um thank you to everyone who listens we greatly appreciate all of your support there thank you to everyone who watched the rewind uh thank you to everyone who watched the live stream we had a few people in the live stream tonight uh, today that was pretty fun um thank you to jeremy velucci co-host of the real score podcast which is currently on hiatus to the strikes uh but he also did the music for all of the shows and all the music you heard here this morning um you can find him at jeremy Bellucci underscore wreck of time you can find his podcast Subur- suburban proctologist which had a big announcement a couple weeks ago so stay tuned for more suburban proctologist at slash suburban proctologist official or instagram at subproc podcast
3: or and maybe a podcast of
2: a different name who knows <laughs> different name mm-hmm. wow oh it's a sizzle um all right guys of course you can check out mike Matola a wonderful collaborator of ours mike Matola a good friend of ours who did our logo who did a couple of our logos and collaborated with us a few times you can find him at mike Matola on instagram and tiktok you can also find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, all at podcast FakeNerdGuys.gmail.com if you'd like to guys in touch with us personally. I'm at BCMcClure on Instagram and Twitter. I also write for AtomicGeekdom.com, kaijuramamedia.com, where I'm also the website editor. Uh, Sparks, where can people find you?
3: Uh,
2: you can find me um, just
3: too busy editing. At SparksWitty on Instagram, Twitter, SPR, KZWitty. Couldn't come up with anything else.
0: Ryan? Uh, you can find me getting lost on my way to Baldur's Gate at DJ Tony Snark everywhere all over the internet
2: subscribe to us on your podcatcher of choice Uh, rate and review wherever you get us we greatly appreciate that like this video subscribe to this channel until next time we see us guys stay fake nerds